Martha is dead cuts off its face to spite Sony's nose. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, the PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, as always, is Mr. Saul Bridges, bringing you lucky episode 248, and alongside me is Mr. Chris Figgs. Wow, you switched <laughs> it up on me again. I hate that. I love it. It's a tradition now. <laughs> it would always be unprepared, Chris. Yeah, yeah Chris <laughs> punished, seems- punished Chris. <laughs> I love how Chris is just every single time you can see the anticipation on his face like (laughs) (laughs) wait (laughs) Chris has come to it's good times though if this uh, is your first time checking the podcast out of course we talk about the gaming industry through the lens of being PlayStation fans but of course we talk about uh, Nintendo and Xbox as we see what they're doing is good, bad, or uh, indifferent Uh, so we welcome all listeners and as we always start the show, we like to start it off the right way, checking in on each other, what we've been playing, kind of having discussions around that to let you guys know what we've been playing. And um, I guess to start this off uh, with you, Saul, what you've been playing this week. I have only played one game other than Destiny this week. Um, and it is... Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. Oh, the Switch, the Switch release. Yeah, so I never played it. And it was it's still $60, which... That's like a straight up re- like it's uh, like nearing a remake in some senses, right? I think so. Yeah, like I don't remember what the first one looked like for the Wii, but this one looks fairly good for a Switch game. It's like yeah, this one's like smooths out all the the character models, like completely new character the models character models, models stuff, look yeah. fantastic. Yeah, uh, I like the environments in it. The backgrounds look almost painted like classic PS One Final Fantasy games. It looks a lot more like Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Sure, yeah, which is weird though because Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, yeah. I feel like looked closer to Which, what original Xenoblade Chronicles looked like on Wii. That game needs to get remade because I did play that one. That game's yeah. fun. It's, um, a, it's a lot more detailed and very like the type of art used for it is a lot more like, hey, we're trying to go for some form of realism. Whereas the other two games are like, yeah, we're going to be a little more whimsical and colorish. Yes. You know, colorized. And um, I'm having a good time. It's pretty good. Um, it has a couple like little JRPG quirks that I'm not a big fan of, like the way. Whenever you're in combat and you go to run, you slide a little bit kind of around the character. It's like you don't. Now, do you mean like over the terrain? It looks like yeah, you're like, yeah like the Fable like 2 your, walk is what I call yeah, it. Yeah, it's like you're where It looks like you're, you're sliding over the terrain. I'm not a big fan of that. It's like third-person oblivion. You know, if you Oof. run diagonally, it's like you're running straight, but your character is just going diagonally. It's mm-hmm. kind of like that, which is... That's a thing in JRPG games with battle systems like this sometimes. That's fine. I can overlook that. It's also like a 2008 game, right? The original I don't know. Like, I don't know. I know it's yeah, probably if not 2000. I thought it was 2010 or 11. Um, so you might be right. Um, you actually might be right because I know that it was a time. I mean, it was also it was the Wii, but uh, 2007. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh. That well, that says that says the acquisitions in 2007. <clears throat> I don't know if that was the actual release date. But anyways, um, I haven't done really much of the main story yet. I've been kind of doing side quests. It came out in 2010, and the side quests are a little weird. Um. I don't know. It's like they're really hard. The battle system's interesting. The battle system is like you run up to an enemy, you target it, you start the battle. And then in an overworld? You're in a ring. Yeah, you're in a ring. And you can do, you have an action bar down below. You can select your actions, but there's an auto attack. And uh, yeah, so it's it's really weird. I'm doing like level 
one quest, I think. And it's like these guys, these monsters are killing me. So it's interesting. So the way you describe the battle system, is it kind of like if you mix the idea of like uh, tales of games when you used to bump into them and then it would create an arena, but Final Fantasy 12 auto attack and like choosing your extra. It's a good, it's a good amalgamation of that in a weird way because you don't bump into them. You can target them from afar and then oh. you can then hit like a button that says like you have a hot bar that pops up and it says attack. And you hit that and you'll attack them. Now, is it in the same sense as to where like if you if you strike them first, you get benefit, but if they actually sneak up on you and hit you first, can they do that? I haven't gotten that far in the game. I wouldn't be surprised if that was a mechanic. I'm in the beginning area. I've only played the game for like two hours. That's a for classic. reference to those who have. You remember Chain of Memories? If you oh, in the overworld, like if you smack them, you got a preemptive strike, strike and they yeah. were already they came into the battle like days. That's that's not in the game so far, but then again, the, I know the battle system's gonna really change up. Because Xenoblade Chronicles Two, I did play that. Yeah, sure. Um, well, so, and you have the Monado, isn't that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. Monado. So, uh, and of course, the main character is Shulk. Um, I'm feeling it. That's what believe he says. it constantly. I'm yeah. feeling it. I'm feeling it. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good so far. Uh, other than that, I did play Destiny Two, and I played a little bit of Legends of Ar- uh, Arceus mixed in. Oh, oh. I, I lied earlier. I forgot about that game. Uh, Wait. You'd picked that up already before this week, hadn't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's cool. uh, Chris, mm-hmm. what have you played this week? Uh, Sekiro still. <laughs> oh, no. Still not done. Well, he's not I done with done. the platinum. Yeah. You're done with the game. You've beaten the game twice now, right? Three times? Three times. I've beaten it yeah. three times. He beat the game yeah. in 12 and a half hours? Well, no. Uh, my th- third playthrough was three hours or so. That's not bad. Oh, okay, yeah. Are you doing yeah. the full ending or are you doing the owl ending, I should say? No, I'm going for the full ending because okay. the uh, the best place to grind XP is in the full ending. Oh, it's, when, the, um, it's the area right before the final <clears throat> boss, I'm going to guess? No, uh, kind of. You do the Divine Dragon and then there's um, this purple guy in the antechamber Right next to the to the sculptor, so you yeah. just stealth kill him, uh, rest, stealth kill him, rest. Uh, I was telling Brett, I did the math based on my sen before I started my third playthrough. I was just grinding it out. I got up to two hundred and sixty thousand sen, which means I killed him fifteen hundred times because he gives you two hundred coins. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yep, and I still needed ten more skill points. So I'm like, I'm just gonna play the game again <laughs> seems like more efficient use of my time well anytime and that's actually my biggest problem with near replicant when i mm. when i look at why i don't have the platinum it's because the only places that you can really get the things and if you really want to try and work it out uh, the materials you need to upgrade all weapons which is the only trophy i'm lacking realistically the only way you can do it is just grinding this one area over and over and over honestly if it was just replaying the game and you get a little bit of visual change and monster changes and stuff i'd be fine i'd be like okay you know it sucks but i'll keep doing it until i have it knocked out because it'll take roughly the same amount of time but when it's just spending like 10 to 20 hours in this one little area if, if even that it may only take five but it feels like 10 to 20 hours yeah. when you're just doing the same thing monotonous. over and over and over and that's the kind of thing that like i would rather delete the game and not get the platinum i know that's very against your way but i would rather just be like whatever not doing it and go on and enjoy the game and my sanity 
then push through to that. So I applaud you. I don't know, man. I just I can't leave a task unfinished. And but I you said also, I was going to get the Sekiro Platinum. You, it's also a different Platinum. It's a different thing, right? You you were doing it that way, but then you decided that it would be easier and better and a, a little less monotonous and painstaking if you just beat the game again rather than yeah. sitting there and farming the same dude. So Yeah, it would have... I, I don't even know. It probably would have taken me more time to just farm him. But probably. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do a fourth playthrough. I'm probably just going to farm him. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> it's only six more. Only six more skill points. It just sucks because I have all the hard stuff out of the way <clears throat> of Sekiro. So now it's literally just like, okay, I have to get these skill points. It's like I basically have the platinum, but I can't. I have to pop it. I can't just not do it. Yep. Well, th- that's exactly the feeling that I have there. I basically have the platinum in here, but I'm, but I don't. <laughs> Like, I I know I don't know. It's, we've had this conversation between me and you, me and Blake, and it's like I said, I played through all of Cyberpunk again to get one trophy, like yeah. that I missed. So you did. It's it's that's how I am. Dedication. Once I'm that and... once I'm that close, like I just have to finish it. Yeah. I couldn't have left that one trophy. I would have grinded that area over and over again. I'm proud of you. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever just ask your dad, Dad, are you proud of me? <laughs> yeah, when I when I show him my platinums, I'm like, yeah, exactly. happy. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched it, uh, watched the rest of development, but you know there's an episode where Buster's got the medals, and it's like, well, or it's, it's stuffed animals, and, he's, and she's like, where did you get those? Like, they're medals, mother, from war, <laughs> from army. Yeah. That's what it was, from army. Yeah. You should just have it to where every time you get a platinum, you go and order yourself a little platinum, like real platinum trophy with the game on there. And the sense oh, like, are you yeah. proud of me, Dad? Look. So let me ask you I got this. a trophy. As big trophy hunters, what would happen if like Sony had some kind of catastrophic failure and it wiped every single trophy from every single person permanently? I, I would never play my PlayStation again. Really? Because see, I, I'd have the opposite feeling of like, this is good. This gives me a reason to replay Titan Souls and Bloodborne and games like, to get platinums again. Now, that's actually a, a, an interesting thing. Because I will agree that the sense of once you have a platinum, even if you love the game, it takes you, away an additional reason to play the game. It's yeah, you have that slight thing of like, but I really don't have a reason to play it other than yeah. I love it. So it's like you have to the game has to be good enough to overcome that first hurdle. So like, and whenever I replayed the order again, when I replayed near uh, Automata, both of those games I love enough to go through that. But some games, like honestly, when I was playing Horizon again, I was like, "This is kind of janky," and the new one's coming out, and I'll probably get burnt out. I'm just not gonna. I'm gonna stop playing it. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, that was fine though," because I already have the platinum. The only thing I stood to gain was playing the Frozen Wilds, which I don't think is gonna. I hope it's not that important to the story because I don't know what happens in it. It's central to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like the, the second game starts and immediately makes zero sense to me because I didn't play <laughs> this section of story that takes place between before the final boss of the first game. Yeah, I DLC yeah. like that's weird. It is. I, I've never really understood it, but most DLC is like that. The Souls games get around it because the Souls games really are normally like that. But because of the fact that the Souls games feel entirely different, they do. But also, I think every single Souls-related DLC try to think, <clears throat> has revolved in going back into time or going forward into time. Like yeah. Dark Souls One, uh, that's definitely going back into time. Dark Souls Three is definitely going back into time in a weird way for Ring City, or it's actually going to. Is it going back into time? Maybe it isn't. 
Josh, I, Josh might be able to help me out on that one. I'm, it is weird. I don't remember two. I didn't play. I never. Well, Bloodborne, Old Hunters. I've never played that's, Old Hunters. That's that's a weird one. That's like forward and backward into time. This is like. Then again, what is time in the world of Bloodborne? If we're really being what is time in the world of any Dark Souls game or any Souls game? Yeah, also true. Not that out of the thing. So, either way, oh, I don't know what I'm witnessing. I think a zombie's head and whatever that zombie game is. Uh, that's oh. okay. What's the new zombie game you're so excited for? Dying Light 2. There we are. How is that? Have you played it at all, Chris? Chris has not played no. it because of Sekiro. I really want to play it. <laughs> well, guess what? You don't get to. <laughs> Apparently not. Sekiro just never wants to end for me. You, you just said that you can't pl- You can't stop grinding until you get the platinum. So Between Horizon. I have not. <laughs> Dude, if Elden you don't Ring. have the platinum by the time that you come here, I'm, oh. I don't even know what to do. <laughs> that would be the worst. I would imagine as soon as you get here, it's like, Brad, I need you to download Sekiro <laughs> and, and I'll, I'll use my account on your PlayStation 5. I need, I've got to grind. I can't lose the three days of Mojo. i got to keep it going. Yeah. Mm. Brett, what have you been playing this week? I've been playing Destiny 2. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 1344, baby. So close. <laughs> so close. Uh, dealing with the same problem that Destiny always does, and I really, really hate that they do this. When you do two or three pinnacles in a row, and each of the pinnacles is in the same slot. Oh, yeah, that's annoying. And you're just like, okay, all three of those pinnacles were pointless. There's a way that you could prevent that, and I forgot what it is. It's dumb. It's like you have to put blues into that slot or something that are like there's a way to, there's a, there's a systematic way to grind in Destiny, and you don't want to know how it is because it's too involved. Why is that so complicated, though? <laughs> it, it's, it's this problem of MMOs, and this is why I, I actually think I've been playing more RuneScape because I've been playing Destiny. And for as much as Destiny gets right about the new way of MMOs, which is all about grinding gear, right? RuneScape is the antidote to that because I don't play RuneScape for there's gear in RuneScape, but I don't do that kind of grind, and you don't have to. And there's a complete version of the game that you can continue to play and enjoy hundreds and hundreds of quests. So I get to play that side. And not be stressed about trying to hit this arbitrary number by season reset because resets don't exist. <laughs> they, they actually have a thing in RuneScape called Leagues that's going on right now where you start a new character basically on this world and you build it up and there's improved XP gain on everything and you build your character up throughout Leagues and try and go into a thing. And I think at the end of it, they, they all fight each other or something or you rank out. Again, cool that it's there, but I'm glad it's not the only option. Right. So I think that that's what's going on right now. I've been playing RuneScape as well. For any of you RuneScape people out there, I'm just I'm continuing my no god runs. This week I'm knocked out. I'm still in Mortania or Mortania, and have knocked out Shades of Morton in search of the Myreek, and I'm currently in the middle of in aid of the Myreek. Having a good time. So those are my two games. I don't think I've played anything else. I don't really... I'm, I'm kind of in that weird spot where I don't know what else to play because so much stuff is on the horizon, including Horizon. Eh, nice. <laughs> but also, kind of like what Chris is saying, I'm trying to keep my destiny chops high enough so that when we do the Grandmaster, I don't suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of my... It's going to be rough. I'm actually a little worried for you, Chris, because you're so tied into Sekiro that, like, I almost wonder: Are you going to have like Sekiroisms while trying to play Destiny? Parry? No. <laughs> <laughs> Try to parry all the enemy bullets. <laughs> actually, that would be pretty sweet. 
I was oh, almost, say, if you could use a sword and parry bullets in Destiny, that would be 10 out Or the glaive, if they add that as part of the glaive, because the glaive is supposed to be like this physical weapon, but you can also shoot projectiles out of it. It'd be sick yeah. if you could like pop, pop, pop and hit. <laughs> All right, Bungie, hear me out. <laughs> you, you've got this new infusion of Sony money. Yes. We'll give Just you that idea for in. free. Bring <laughs> me in. All I want, me, me and Chris want the actually just credit Triangle Squared PlayStation Podcast in the credits. Yeah, yeah special That's thanks it. to Brett, Chris, Saul, and the BCL and uh, BCS is just because of alphabetical order, not important. And Miyazaki son, <laughs> and, and Miyazaki, yes, very important. <laughs> special thanks to Miyazaki. I don't know if I would like that or hate that actually. <laughs> I'm, I, I might like they changed the entire meta of the game to where it's super important to be able to parry on time. Yeah, right. It's like I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Chris would be like, arms yes. mod. <laughs> well, that's uh, you were talking to me about how you hope in Elden Ring that there's like a class that's close enough to Sekiro so that you just go in, on, you know, <laughs> stop an ass. That would be, I mean, yeah. that'd be ideal. <laughs> Parrying dragon. Uh, they did. They did reveal some new classes, but I've decided not to really look too far into them. But they revealed new classes for Elden Ring to, uh, this week. I'm, I'm, I'm blind on that. I don't want to hear it. Oh, I, I don't know. So I can't spoil it for you if I wanted to. I am blind. I didn't read it because I was like, I'd rather just see what they are. I think I remember the names, but I'll even leave that out for you, Saul. You just thank you. Don't worry about it. All right. We're going to go ahead and hop into the, uh, the news here, I suppose. And um, with the news this week, there's a bunch of it. Um, First thing up that we're going to talk about was something that I think kind of got a big reaction and it looks like it's kind of been pulled back a little, but we'll see. Platinum Games had stated that they are changing that their uh, their approach to games and would like bigger games that can be enjoyed and loved for longer periods of time. This all came from a translation of a quote that was originally in Japanese. So while initially many thought it meant abandoning games like Bayonetta, Astral Chain, all their beloved longtime games. A look at the full quote looks like they still intend to make those mixed in with new titles that encompass that new goal. Uh, now, the the mention of it being qu- quoted in a way that didn't capture the spirit of what the person who said it was actually came from a ex Platinum Games employee. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point in time they're a Platinum Games employee. They may still be. Um, that said. I know my immediate reaction when I heard this was like, so what does that mean? Like, is this looking at games as a service? Because I feel like there's so much going on and your brain's already going that way because we've had so much talk about Sony breaking into games as a service. Ubisoft is clearly trying to break into games as a service. Everyone's trying to have that service game out there that's pulling them in extra money. Um, And I think kind of a weird sub-conversation here for me was, first of all, Babylon's Fall seems like this is their game to test that ground on, but I don't know if they really consider it part of that new mentality or if it was, it shares some things with it, but it wasn't really intended to be made with that goal in mind in the same way. But Babylon's fall does not inspire in its current form of seeing what I'm seeing, inspire a lot of confidence in the idea that platinum could pull off a games as a service style game. Um, what do you think, Chris? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because the, the quote read really weird. Like, we don't want to make memorable experiences was how I read it. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Well, cause that's what they kind of said, at least in the quote. It was like, we don't want to make one-off memorable experiences. And I was like, that's really the word you're going to use is we don't want to make memorable games. 
So but, what they actually said, and that's why I ended up, I'm glad I waited to look it up because um, the the guy who ended up going through and then they had it kind of redone over here. Hold on. I'm going to pull up the article that I saw it on because I think it's important. Uh, the person was J.P. Kellums. He said, this is the actual quote in Japanese, the translation in the tweet below, which was referring to the initial tweet from Ryan Brown. Uh, it says, it's not really capturing the nuance of what Inaba-san is trying to say. Uh, so the newly translated text is, of course, there are games which are important to us and that we think we want to make more of. Games like Soul Cresta, small games with unique concepts, or games like Bayonetta, made up of a collection of well-designed one-off stages you enjoy progressing through until you finish it as a whole. However, when we think of the shape of our future titles, uh, we take of, think of the shape our future titles are going to take, I think we will be making something quite different. When we think of how the gaming market may transition over the next five years, I think change is imperative. Yeah, I'm really just disappointed in all of this. Um, Astral Chain, tra- Astral Chain, and Nier Automata are some of my favorite games for their respective consoles. Mm-hmm. And um, what's wrong with making one of memories? We have so many things in the in the market right now that, that has this kind of games as a service option that we could go from, or just this returnable kind of game, this returnable g- gameplay loop that you can go back to. Why does Platinum have to kind of put their foot into that too? I don't like it. And that's not to say it could be wrong. This could be great. By the end of it, they could make a near games as a service game. <laughs> Those are weird words. <laughs> um, Astral Chain Two That's could a new make genre blend. Yeah, well, <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. Have like an in-game season pass that's like a parody in a weird way. But anyways, um, but Astral Chain Two, I was really hoping for a sequel for that. But the way they worded this kind of seems like that's moving a little further away. Well, it sounds like, and it is. Everyone's going to take this very differently. Yeah, and it's hard because it's it's a lot of vagueness and just enough room for you to kind of interpret what you want. I am taking from this that Astral Chain Two still seems like a potential and a possible, but that instead of all of their games being this, because right now the if you're getting a platinum games, you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah, uh, up until Babylon's Fall again. Babylon's Fall is the first time I see a game from them, and I'm like, what? I almost wonder this plus Babylon's Fall. You wonder if they're setting. Babylon's fall up on purpose to fail. I don't know. This this almost feels I doubt like a, it. I mean, I don't think anybody makes a game just because they want it to fail. Titanfall two, not 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 that it, not that it was wanting to fail, but by the time it was to come out, it was like, yeah, we can't focus on this anymore. It's okay. IP anymore. So let's let's doom it by sales numbers. So let's doom Babylon's fall. So hold on. Are, so that just so I make sure I'm following you. Are you This is a conspiracy theory? Okay. I'm sorry, are you positing that respawn were responsible for launching it directly beside Battlefield uh, one or whatever? EA. Okay. So you're thinking EA. That's that's the difference here. Yeah. Are you asking me if Square Enix is purposely trying to make Babylon's fall fail yes. or if or if specifically well, Platinum is? Okay. So Square Enix is. But by Platinum but why? But, they don't even own Square Enix. Well listen, just listen. <laughs> or they don't own Platinum. They're doing this because and then now Platinum Platinum want to make a new near and we need you guys yes, clear. We need a, a near MMO. <laughs> but no conspiracy theory though they, 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 they did this and it's to work together because Babylon's Fall was taking up too many resources hence copy and paste weapons for Final Fantasy 14 
taking up too many resources. So they just want to kill the project, realizing there was too big of a scope for them to handle. And then they they paid platinum. I'm like, hey, here's some here's some money. Make a statement that this is the kind of games you want to make. So that when it comes out, it fails, and you have to take your statement back. And then you're like, guess what, guys? Near three. It's such. It's like Sonic, right? Sonic was designed purposely bad from the start for the PR. That it's, actually is a pretty. That's a pretty big <laughs> PR. Uh, that's a conspiracy theory around it. And yeah. I, I don't. I'm I don't think say it's true. I don't think it's true, but it's also not entirely baseless. Just like I don't think. I don't think this is true. I'm just having fun. Which is a conversation I have in the long run. Though you know what is weird about that? Uh, you have this weird thing of. I don't. <laughs> Platinum is in this position where they say that they want this, right? But then they also, there's a quote from one of the guys who was involved, uh, the president and one of the designers, lead designers for Scalebound, who is appealing to uh, pretty much bring Scalebound Phil back. Spencer to Philly see Boy. if they can bring to bring the idea of Scalebound back since they've got more experience in working in that time, that kind of thing. Which and was a it, sick idea. Dude, Scalebound looked, looked awesome, and it, and and it was the type of game that I feel like Xbox was definitely missing at the time. Yeah, uh, that it was shown. So, I mean, that would be sick. I would love to see that happen. But that doesn't that sound like okay? So, is Scalebound coming back as what it was? Because he said there was a large chunk of the game complete that Xbox just has, and it'd be a shame to waste. Well, see, or are you saying come back to Scalebound and make it live service? Well, see, that's this is here's the thing. That's that's Which what if I it's going to hit Game Pass. That, that's, that's probably true. This is why I think Step Three. Is that step three? Is that like Square Enix was too worried about constantly having to to, to support Babylon's Fall for Platinum, so they're like, "Here's copy and base weapons. This is all we're this is all the kind of resources that you can have." Platinum's like, "You know what? Let's let this game fail. We're gonna make a statement saying saying that this is gonna be the future. The game's gonna come out and it's gonna crap the bed. Platinum's gonna be like, we were wrong." This is a bad idea. We have decided to cancel Babylon's Fall. This is not the kind of games we were destined to make. And then two months later, they're going to reveal Scalebound, and it's going to be like a saving grace. That's their Sonic remaster. That's that's their that's their revised Sonic look is Scalebound. You know what's weird? If I as as Square, and I know that you can look at this anyway from a PR standpoint, there's no way that when Square said, "Hey guys, to make game development easier, you can reuse our emotes and gear from Final Fantasy 14," there's no way that someone in the room wasn't like, "Do you guys think that this was, will be taken well from a PR standpoint?" Anytime that a new IP is coming out in a new game from a beloved ser- company is coming out, and then you get told also the emotes and the gear are just from a different game, yeah, that there's no way that the PR is going to just the PR would be positive. It may be neutral to negative. So maybe you have something here, Saul. Maybe your fake it's, conspiracy, it's, it's is conspiracy fire. theory. I um, put the tinfoil hats on and join with me. <laughs> Either way, I, you know, one thing that was weird about Babylon's fall and speaking of Babylon's fall, I guess I'll get to that news piece. Uh, it's getting a demo later this month with players able to download the demo starting February 25th, which is a week ahead of the game's full release. Have we, seen, we haven't seen gameplay in this yet. Have we? we have, the demo will allow players to try it solo or with a co-op group of up to four friends. The demo allows progress from within it to be transferred to the full release. Should you decide to buy the full game? Oh, I, I do for, love that. I Every demo should basically do that. Now here's the interesting thing about this. Saul, you remember seeing this, right? I just am curious if this is an internal thing for me or if you agree, and then if so, how many people do agree? Tell me that's not Monster Hunter World. Oh, yeah. Definitely has looks of Monster Hunter involved. But in looking at this, do you agree that this feels like... I remember when they first showed off Babylon's Fall, and I was hyped because of the way it was shown. Yeah, it was like it real weird. Great. And then what they actually finally showed of gameplay, I didn't follow it all. I was like, I don't see how this ties into your reveal trailer of like this dark and like very crazy and... and, and 
religious looking aspect of stuff. Like I feel, you know, what feels weird. I feel like uh, I feel like Godfall. This matches like Godfall. stylistically more to what I th- would have expected from the initial Babylon's Fall trailer than what we actually get for Babylon's Fall. Yeah, it does. And, and Babylon's Fall gameplay trailer looks like a Godfall. That's I forgot. I even forgot that came out because it just looks so generic. <laughs> it doesn't look interesting to me at all. Um, so mm. poo poo emoji. <laughs> Poo-poo emoji. That's what it is. All right, next thing up, uh, Square's new IP for Spoken has been rated by the ESRB ahead of its May 25th release, receiving a mature rating for strong language and violence, which fits in line with what we've seen in the title so far. Everyone complaining about her having a foul mouth. Uh, The game appears to have microtransactions of some form as the rating states that there are, quote, in-game purchases. So we'll see what form those appear in. Um it wouldn't surprise me if part of this is Square's move of like, maybe we can get a little bit of in-game cash there. I don't expect this to be uh, live uh, live service, though. I will say that. Oh, going back. What I wanted to finish on the live service thing, then we'll go to the next one. You kind of touched on it, and that's why I want to see what you think across the whole. Um, my other fear in looking at this conversation that, that was having initially at the beginning of the week is live service games are this new golden egg right it's like oh yeah. we got to get in on this and we've got to do it but the the fear and it's a very top top level fear that is very unlikely to really be the case but if every company starts trying to chase this golden goose of of live service games so they can get their own golden egg in it if the future is all live service games that want you to play them indefinitely then invariably you're not going to have enough people to do that because it's like every game is demanding your full-time attention and you're only going to be able to rotate through a couple at a time. And I feel like most people even rotate through a very small amount. Like I think Chris plays a lot of apex for a while, then we'll jump off to something else for a while. So when you have that, there can, again, an irrational fear, but the fear is like, what happens to games when that's all that's left? I feel like having single-player, narrative-driven, short games that are what they are, and then you're done and you move on to the next thing are kind of like the palate cleanser that's needed for live service games to even work. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? Um, it's a hard question. I think... I don't know. I think live service... Like I think I was saying a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it, that at a certain point you just can't make anymore because there's no more people to play them, right? Yeah, like and, there's only so much of a market for them, right? Like I, I don't know. It at a certain point we're start. I don't think we're gonna start seeing too many. Even Sony's like, oh, we're making ten, even though I think five of those are MLB games. It's I like hope that's you know, what it is. <laughs> uh, just from a number so standpoint, too. right? You know, yeah. Um. Because, yeah, there's no way to capture all those people unless it's like, yeah, there's the card game and the racing game. and But um, I do th- agree with you that I think we need single-play experiences just as much as anything else, which is why Sony is hopefully in a good position to do a bunch of live service games but then also have, you know, Sony Santa Monica's Christian God of War or whatever they're going to do <laughs> next and yeah. that kind of stuff. So Okay. Right, Saul, you got anything you want to add to that? No. I mean, because you, you kind of said that in, in a in a form before, but yeah, it's at some point, 
why are you going to just everyone's just going to be live service? It doesn't yeah. really work it eventually. So, uh, next thing up on the news, the reformed Telltale Games finally gave us a peek at the long awaited Wolf Among Us 2 with a teaser trailer for the story with an update that we can expect the game in 2023. That's a lot further out than I would have expected considering seeing the game now, but considering we hadn't seen anything on the game, it's not the biggest surprise, but. Makes me wonder how big this title is from them on their own internal success scale. Because this is, again, the first new full-on game that the newly revised Telltale is going to have made and and published that's not a remaster or a re-release of an existing game. So maybe this is a big evolution to the Telltale style, and this is going to be a larger game that's more akin to something like a Detroit Become Human or Heavy Rain, maybe, or... Maybe it's still episodic and they're just really wanting to make sure they get everything right and there's engine work and stuff here. Because my biggest concern whenever I saw this was like, this looks amazing. I really like the style that they're using. But I really also hope that if they're using the same engine as a Telltale originally was, they fixed a lot of the bugs that are in that thing. Because I remember when I was playing Batman, like his cape would sometimes just like flap over his head. You're just like, what is going on here? This is ridiculous. But... You know, you get the games cheap enough like I was doing. I was buying them all, you know, on sale and doesn't really bother you as much or getting them free from PS Plus. Uh, I hope next, they do uh, Batman yeah. Season 3. Dude, I hope so too because even though, even though I had some ridiculously funny bugs throughout those, I thought both of those were really good. Me too. I like the stories. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, next thing up, the next Call of Duty will be a follow-up to 2019's Modern Warfare. It is confirmed by Activision. And alongside it, a new Warzone experience that has been built alongside the game from the ground up. Which is interesting because I felt like Jason Schreier a few weeks ago when he was talking about this was saying that 2023's Call of Duty was going to have the update for Warzone. So I wonder where... Did Jason Schreier get something wrong? Or oh, is, no. is it being revealed alongside it, but the actual version of this game won't release with the new Warzone, but they'll be showing it off and it will release in 2023? That's actually a good question. I can see it releasing in like Q1, like January, February of next yeah, year. Yeah, because that's, you know, uh, what? I think Call of Duty moved to November, right? It used to be October, or did it move to October? I think it moved to October. Yeah, I think it did too. Okay, I can't from, remember. Either way, like it's it's very late in the year, so having the new Warzone release a few months after would not be that weird. It actually fit in pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that might be the case. Uh, Chris, have to take a look at the seasons and see when the seasons end. That I'll tell you. Actually, yeah, that's a that's a good point. So, what's your thoughts on this Call of Duty guy? Um, I mean, Modern Warfare. 2019 was the best one they've made in 12 years. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. Um, I don't understand making a new war zone, but that's fine. Get your bag, I guess. It just seems a lot easier to update war zone for a PS5 patch and then add a new season, but okay. Well, this... This kind of lends into a weird conversation we had long ago, and I've kind of wondered about the whole Destiny idea for a long time, right? Because <laughs> when they were announcing Destiny 2, you have that thing of like, why does, why does Destiny 2 needed after three expansions? Two expansions? Yeah. There was only two big expansions. There was the Taken King and then Rise of Iron for Destiny 1. Those were the two real big expansions. The rest were those in-between small ones like House of Wolves and stuff like that. Um 
And anyway, you kind of look at that and you're like, dude, MMOs have been around forever. And at that point, that was when they were still not wanting to call Destiny MMO an MMO. But it kind of goes into what we we're talking about with the, the MLB stuff to a degree. But it's like, why not? Why don't you just do what they're doing with Witch Queen? Make a sixty dollars expansion to where you get the money that you would have gotten mm-hmm. from the new release, but you also carry on the content from the previous. But a weird thing that you do get as a benefit to eventually jumping off is that you fix the World of Warcraft problem where. No matter what, World of Warcraft at its core is still built on stuff from 2000. And to some degree, you still carry some of the tech debt that comes with that. And a new full-on release that's separate from the original does give you a chance to look and go. Some Some of the engine issues that we may have faced with Warzone originally can be fixed in this new engine. Right? Why spend time trying to build all these things into an actual PS5 release of, of the existing Warzone when we can just release an entirely new Warzone that natively supports 120 frames per second, uh, variable refresh rate, and all these different things right there? It, I kind of see both sides because a, a live service game does feel like it's supposed to kind of go on forever and that you don't you never actually lose your thing, but... Do you like the idea of them kind of getting a new platform to build up on, or you as a fan of like, would look at from the view of Apex? Like, would you be upset to a degree if Apex just suddenly was like, "Hey, we're gonna do Apex 2. <laughs> only, know? only if my progression and my unlocks didn't carry over. I think that's a big factor to it all. But <clears throat> for me, I don't know. I think there's. I think there's a common denominator in this situation and in Destiny that is the reason we're getting a sequel, and that is Microsoft. <laughs> Just kidding. It's Activision, but basically Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, but so what are you saying? What do you think the reason is that it's a sequel instead of just an update? Because of new money? Yeah, new money, but, and then there's... But what, But out of curiosity, so... What is the new money in, in the in the version that you're looking at? What is the new money if it's a free to play game? Because if your if your progression doesn't carry over and your gun skins and your other skins don't carry over, then you have a new game to be like, oh, well now I got to pit my character out, so you're going to spend more money. Is that the idea behind what your thought well, process yeah, is? Yeah, and then there's who knows if the unlocks will carry over, and who says it's a free game? Like, what if it comes with Call of Duty and that's how you get it? That's true, <laughs> might. Seems unlikely considering they made Warzone free to play in the long run, but you're right. No one knows. Well, the, the leaks are talking about they're coming together, right? So who, who's to say that this isn't a $60 upgrade that you have to pay for? I mean, it's probably not, but it's very But we don't possible. technically know that yet, yeah. And it's Activision. Would it surprise you? <laughs> Or it's Microsoft, whatever. It's Activision. So yeah. would it surprise? No, it's the you? same company. It's the same company that pushed for Destiny Two. Exactly. Three years into Destiny One. Uh, now again, same question, different angle. You talked about it, you feel like it's important to a degree whether your progress and your stuff carries over, but then you have this other weird conversation that comes with a sequel like this: is that when you have a long running game like this that has this big name behind it. Sometimes people are scared to hop in. Sometimes they're not as clearly as evident with Witch Queen and pre-order numbers. But you have this thing where sometimes it's a it keeps people, it keeps new blood from coming into the game potentially because people feel like I'm way too behind on this and there's all these seasons I've missed and I don't understand the story and blah, blah, blah. And oh, Destiny 3, you call it? Oh, everyone starts on the same footing and I can come into the game day one and or at least year one and, and feel like I have a big grasp. It has a benefit for pulling in new people, 
but you have the same thing for the old people of De- like for going into Destiny 2 of like, oh, so I'm playing as my same Titan, but because the, the original tower blows up, my vault full of stuff is gone. You know, <laughs> it didn't really make any sense, but they just See, tried making a, a story reason. Let's not forget that all this stuff is literally decoded like software data yeah it's data and so literally if you have that data in your ghost which you would you'd be like oh don't worry about it I can just make a new galahorn <laughs> see i actually completely disagree with you that it would help pull in players why would you play you the third so? game you wouldn't like, I, I, i'm sure people do but nobody i don't think there's a lot of people going oh i gotta play last of us 2 i never played the first one like that, and I think that it's a three. Like, there's two other games ahead of it. So, given the example you used of like all oh, the story, there's two games of two games, eighty five DLC packs, six hundred seasons, forty six. You're not entirely wrong. Yeah, like I don't wrong. think that of story in Destiny that completely. Well, like right now, to, to your away. point, right now, the entirety of Witch Queen, Savathun is being has been being talked about since Destiny One. Yeah. <laughs> and everything to do with Crota and Oryx and all that happened in Destiny 1 and Savathun is like the culmination of that storyline. Well, and that's like for a player like me, couldn't give couldn't give a damn less. Could not care less about these characters about the because I don't know. Them. Yeah. Like the guy we play with Sean keeps will, will tell me like, "Oh, this is the lo-. I'm like, "Dude, I don't give a damn because I haven't <laughs> I have not paid attention to this game in 10 years, I do not care that this hot blue chick is angry at this <laughs> hot blue dude who's angry at this chick in a crystal. Don't care. Don't care. Give me a gun. Let me shoot. I don't care. <laughs> well, and you you kind of encapsulate the problem I had coming back into Destiny 2 where thankfully I'm pretty up to date on the story because I come back often enough to k- click in. There's a few things I miss, but his brother, Seth, uh, started playing and the original campaign for this game is completely vaulted. Yeah. Couldn't play it if you wanted to. So the game's like, I'm Keitel, so, uh, a daughter of this person. You're like, I don't know who that was. <laughs> right. And it's, like, and it's like, oh, but we're doing this. And this cabal leader, you're like, I don't know who that was. And they're like, oh, well, this thing happened with your light. Oh, wait, really? You know, and none of it's even like that, right? It's not like an exposition dump. It's all people making nods and references that you only get if you've played the original story stuff or, or have looked at a YouTube video of someone compiling it together. So I, I do feel like Destiny 2 does a really poor job. It probably, it maybe it does as best it can, but I don't feel like it does a great job onboarding new players by actually explaining to them who all these characters are and yeah. why they have the motivations that they have. So you're just coming in and be like, exactly like you said, uh, hot blue chick comes out. Uh, Thick. Yeah, hot blue chick comes out says she wants me to shoot some people. Okay, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, and that, I have a the theory about is, what's going to happen in this game too. Oh, mm. I don't know. Uh, I, I have a I theory too. You ready? You ready? You gotta shoot it's Kingdom stuff. Hearts. Oh, that'd be sick. This is Kingdom Hearts the whole way through. I've I've actually had this entire joke. This entire game is about light and dark, and it's going to turn out that we are the thirteen. Uh, we're the seven of light and the original, or the, you know, Oryx is Oryx and Crota and Savathun are all parts of the 13, they're, yeah. the, they're the 13 dark. Yeah. We're just building up toward it. And so you're going to have a thing where Goofy comes out. And he's like, well, Gwar Zavala. <laughs> is this a recoded world? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why there's Ingrams. <laughs> oh my gosh. So Savathun's yeah. Savathussy is in the shape of a keyblade. 
I don't like this. <laughs> it's a keyhole, you mean? Yeah. 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 Uh, next topic. <laughs> He's oh, like, I don't want to talk anymore about I this. I don't ever want to hear the word Sabbathussy again in my life. <laughs> I will be perfectly okay. I'm going to put that in clan chat. <laughs> That's a new rule. <laughs> You're not you going to hop in uh, some Sabbathussy today? He's going to pin a new comment. New rule. <laughs> Do not say Sabbathussy. Okay, next thing up. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn has officially sold over 20 million units since the launch of the game in 2017. If you're a numbers person, hey, look, there you go. Right ahead of uh, Horizon Forbidden West. That probably bodes well for Forbidden West. <laughs> probably. Uh, How would you spell that? Sabbathussy? Yeah, S-A-V-A-T-H-U-S-S-Y. Is it Y or I? Yeah. Y, definitely Y. I mean, when you spell bussy. Oh, uh, true. <laughs> we're not we're not doing any Sabbathussies. There's no, we can only have only one Sabbathu. So, yeah, so, there's not multiple. It's not Sabbathussi. Exactly. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know, dude. Maybe Riven has multiple. Okay. We'll talk about numbers, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing up, surrounding Sabbath the Uncharted movie and recent release of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection. It's no surprise that Uncharted is coming into the Fortnite fray with Nathan Drake and Chloe Fraser joining, as well as Tom Holland's and Sophia Ali's, Ali, whatever, version of the characters from the film. So if you're a big Fortnite person, there you go. That's your big play, uh, PlayStation crossover. So that means now we have Spider-Man. <laughs> we have Nate, Nathan Drake, right? And then we have all the Uncharted peoples. We've got Kratos and we've got Aloy, right? Yeah. Aloy, hold on. Oh, actually, did Aloy join Fortnite Aloy or did she join Genshin? Fortnite. Both. Both. Okay. I was making sure. So that there you go. That's that Sony. Uh, that's that Sony Epic. It's crazy because in Fortnite, you could have a squad of Spider-Man, Kratos, Nathan Drake, and Aloy versus Master Chief, Marcus Phoenix, the car from Forza, and Crossfire X's main <laughs> character. Marco, who voices who voices the car, the car? From, from Forza? It's um, uh, bro, Michael that's, that's George Clooney's. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I was gonna say Owen Wilson. Oh, wow, no. that would be pretty good. <laughs> he just comes in, ka-chow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Bro, what about Polly Shorehurst? Yeah, yeah, that's what a little father. When for room, for when room. Can I, when can I drive? So many places to go. I have a whole world to drive. There's so I gotta many get on the party so many laps to this is so stupid. All right. Uh, next thing up, PS4 and PS5 no. are doing betas. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're never going to make it through. Chris is going to be five hours late for work because of words like Sabbath. Sorry, boys. I'm calling in. <laughs> Got some Sabbath this on the mind. Um, Can you stop? All right, PS4 and PS5 are doing betas of their uh, next official firmware updates, which both include changes to the party system. From there, PS5 has some changes further than the PS4, with the visual design of trophy cards and trophy list having been updated. Suggestions on which trophies to earn inside the trophy tracker while playing a game. The ability to filter games by genre in your library. The ability to pin up to five games and apps on each of the home screens, uh, so the the game and media center, uh, so that you can control what games are easily accessible on your PlayStation 5. And lastly, a preview for voice commands on the system. It's weird that they're doing this thing where PS5 suddenly gets PS4 features like voice commands. Yeah. 
So it's I on. wouldn't be surprised if the next big update is like, guys, surprise, folders are coming back. <laughs> Why weren't folders there day one? I think they'll give us the bubble UI. Who, the Vita one? Yeah. <laughs> on a console? I'm going to tell you right now, I love the Vita, but they should have just left the XMB. They were stupid. They should have. Do you think if I go to my PlayStation and I go, hey, PlayStation, open Savathusy, it'll launch, it'll launch oh. Destiny 2? <laughs> <laughs> I really doubt it, but if you could make your own programs, that would be, be even greater. Like you can just tell it, hey, if I say this, Sony, you do this. And it's like, got it. I remember that. <laughs> Sabbath to see unheard <laughs> now playing Martha's dead <laughs> <laughs> oh boy okay let's see next thing up with Shuhei moving to spearhead Sony's support of indie games he recently took to the PS blog to give updates on already revealed titles as well as some new reveals uh, for indies coming uh, to PlayStation consoles new reveals including animal or included animal well which is a 2D action platformer. Post Void, which is like a chaotic looking 3D shooter that looks to me like it's utilizing the Doom approach to 3D shooting, where it's like you see the walls and stuff kind of moving past you in that Doom fashion. But it's real crazy because you're carrying around a, a beating heart. I don't know what I was watching, but that 30 second clip had me mesmerized. So go check that out if you're into that kind of thing. Um, there is Samurai Gun 2. That was the last of the new reveals, a 2D action platformer with co-op and a versus mode. Uh, updates for games that we've already seen were there for like Hello Neighbor 2, Moss Book 2, Salt and Sacrifice, which is a sequel to Salt and Sanctuary, and a new look at the gameplay from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, which is the classic side-scrolling beat-em-up return to form for the Turtles. Uh, so if you want to check those out, go see them. Uh, there's some pretty cool-looking games within there. I mean, Moss Book 2 looks cute, but I don't want to play it until PSVR 2. Um, Post Void looks awesome. I don't know about Salt and Sacrifice. I didn't really like Salt and Sanctuary. I didn't either. I, I tried and tried and tried, but I just felt like it. It, it looked felt, like a webcomic game. Well, I don't honestly. That didn't even bother me. It bothered me. It was the way that it felt more than anything. I just didn't like the way the game played or the weight of your characters. Or anything. I was like, Mm-mm. It, it doesn't help that at the same time around that I was playing that I had played um, Death's uh, Gambit or whatever it was called. Yeah, that's a good game. That game's great, and I think it's kind of the perfect real idea of hey, let's take this Dark Souls style of things and put it in our own unique idea within a 2D world. I think it really excels at that. So um, uh, did either of you guys, I guess, saw, I don't think you ended up looking nah. into much of it. Chris, you put a thumbs up here. What did you see that you liked from this? Uh, Animal Wall looks awesome. Animal Wall? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I'm looking for. And Samurai Gun. That game sounds hard. That's a single shot. It looks, it looks really cool. It does. But I agree that I was like, this looks hard <laughs> and kind of chaotic. I mean, the ideas were cool, like being able to play dead so that your enemies just go past you. I'm like, that's kind of cool. But does that come into play in versus mode? Like, can you pretend that you got shot and like fool your enemy and then stand up and blast them? I that hope be so. Kind of cool. Otherwise, it's a waste of a mechanic. Oh, well, True. we'll see what happens. All right, next thing up, Ghost of Tsushima's director's cut has been updated to repair a broken wind shrine that was on Iki Island that players can now go to, solve the puzzle, and be rewarded with some Aloy-inspired gear ahead of Horizon Forbidden West's release. The update also brings with it a new platinum difficulty option for survival in the Legends multiplayer mode, which shout out to making all difficulty levels match with trophy, le trophy names or trophy ranks. Should just do that for everything, PlayStation. Keep it up. Uh, and some general fixes for other small issues as the game had. 
Uh, that kind of stuff is cool. I like seeing crossovers. But also, you're telling me that you in, in this entire new expansion, you left a broken windmill on purpose so you could just be like, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna cross promote right here, boys. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do it. So that is what it is. The next two, pretty quick. The Uncharted films director recently revealed that they are working to get a Jack and Daxter film greenlit hot off the back of Tom Holland remarking that if he could play any video game character that he'd love to play Jack in a Jack and Daxter live action film made in partnership with A24 so it could be (laughs) dark and weird. What? We'll see what happens in the wake of Uncharted film success or lack thereof. That's an onion article. article. It is not. That's that's the hard times article i wish it was it is i wish it was no um so here's the thing i don't i'm curious to see how well uh the uncharted movie is going to do it's not going to do gangbusters because it's a it's it's one of those awful just action movies i don't think it's going to do well but i'm curious i'm 100 it's it's, it's not gonna do great it's not it's not reviewing very well that doesn't matter that's the best move that's the movies that do the the best. best. Look at the Expendables. So here's a real question. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went there. That's whoa. Ba- Expendables are awesome. I awful. didn't say they were good. 18. I said they were awesome. <laughs> awful. So real question here. Have you guys seen that they're giving you a free movie ticket? And I don't think it's good. <laughs> they give you a free movie ticket if you bought Uncharted um, well, uh, Legacy, Legacy of Thieves. Thieves collection, or if you just paid the ten dollar upgrade, bro, they're just giving mm-hmm. they're just giving it away. So that is my question of, I don't think Sony expect this movie to do too hot. Oh, they absolutely does, but they don't expect I it to do, do too hot against gamers. I think so they'd rather. Think, yeah, it's sixty dollars no, for the most for ninety percent. I'm probably not. Let me fifty percent of people buying that. That's sixty dollars in a movie ticket. Versus ten dollars yeah. and not sixty dollars. <laughs> They'd rather yeah. sell you the sixty dollar game and give you the movie ticket or seventy. Is it seventy? I don't think so, but it might be. Um, if it is, wow, ballsy move. <laughs> um, <laughs> but Nintendo of them, yeah. Uh, and well, at least it'd be two games and not one. <clears throat> anyway, it's not one. What is that? All these Nintendo, hey, we're going to remake Diamond and Pearl and not really remake it, but charge you $60 for one game. Why don't they just do Platinum? It's just one game. Well, I know why. It's an obvious answer. Yeah, it's an obvious answer. Pokemon's a bad example. They want to sell everybody that double pack. Now, Portal 1 and Portal 2 was not a double pack. Yeah, that's also not $60. They're not. They're $60 a piece, too. Portal. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Dude, I'd be like, that's that's entirely on Valve. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't think Valve would go do that. That would probably no. hurt Steam. People would be like, screw y'all. No, also, Legacy of Thieves is uh, $50. Okay, I must say, I didn't even think it was 60 But And this is the PS5 collection, right? Yes. Yeah, PS5 with uh, Le- uh, with Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4. What crazy, or did this not launch at 40 for PS4? What? The Legacy, the, the, the Legacy collection. It I mean, didn't come listed. out on PS4, did it? No, it no, did. I have it. The, the one, two, and three remastered. Now this includes no, no, four, no, no, right? No, no. Yeah, this but is, that's not. This is this is just four in Lost Legacy. Oh, I'm thinking of something else then. Yeah, you're thinking of the Uncharted collection. That's what it was called. Oh, yeah. I thought it was or called the Nathan Drake collection. The Nathan Drake called. collection. Okay, Nathan Drake. Uh, which also wrong because it, the Nathan Drake collection would include way more games than that. Yeah, Uncharted <laughs> Abyss. But uh, it, interestingly, it would not include Lost Legacy, which is second. the best Uncharted un- game. I actually think I may agree with that. Gameplay wise, that game is which one's Lost really Legacy? Uh, the, the one with like the Chloe and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and um, 
I can't think of her name right now. Nadine? I, Nadine. Nadine, yeah. Um, well, hold Nadine on. Foster. Isn't Uncharted 4 a greatest hits game at this point? It's $20? Yep. So they're charging a $30 upcharge for this game? Remastered. This is this is Nintendo. <laughs> well, it remastered with another game. Because okay, Lost Legacy is also, yeah, I think, game. $20 That makes, that makes a little more sense. Lost Legacy launched at 40 mm-hmm. or 30 but I'm pretty 40. sure 40 40 I think, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, you know. Don't wrong. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad either, though. And yeah. actually, at least it's fifty. It very easily so could have been two, sixty. Two games and a movie ticket. <laughs> yeah, for as long as the movies in theaters. Let's not let's not bypass that value. Well, it looks Stonks. like it's apparently only certain theaters. I think it might be Regal, Regal. Cinema. Yeah, and I don't. We don't even have one. Of Wait. Those. So how are we going to watch it? Like, what's it going to come on HBO Max? I mean, I'm going to go see it in theaters. I don't. I don't. You're going to go. You're going to go to a Regal. No, I'm going to. I don't. I didn't buy the collection. Oh, you're saying the ticket only comes from Regal. I thought you were saying the movies oh, only from no, Regal no, theaters. Then I would say I said, Sony thought this. Exclusives are going too far. <laughs> <laughs> Sony partnered with Regal. No, that's it, the the free ticket that you get from Uncharted Collection. And the closest Regal, I think, is Shreveport. No, 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 it is Dallas. We don't have a Regal. In yeah, we don't. What we have, we have a Tinseltown in Shreveport. We have a Tinseltown, and we have a. I think wait, Tinseltown has. Um, that's IMAX. That's just Cinemark, though. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of those offshoot Cinemarks. They have IMAX there. We don't have IMAX. They do have IMAX on the boardwalk. We don't. I'll give you that. I'm really surprised we don't have IMAX. Yeah, maybe one day. Uh, either way, I agree with Saul in the fact that this seems like such a crazy thing. I will say this. I like Tom Holland saying that he goes so far as to say he wants it to be made with A24 so it can be dark and weird. That's 100% no. the right way to make that movie. No, I don't want to see some... I don't want to see some Garbaggio Tom Holland with a green beard in live action. Give me like Tom Holland playing some like depressed farmer and he makes friends with a raccoon. And in the end of the end of the movie, the raccoon like jumps in his backpack and starts talking in broken English. Like the end of Planet of the Apes. 10 out of 10. I don't want to. I would rather see that than Tom Holland jumping around with a green beard with some CGI ferret in his backpack. I agree that between the two, but I would like an A24 version of this. Yeah. if it was going to come out from a production company, I coming that's what or whatever you know what I mean. Uh, that, that would be what gems, I the Jack and Daxter story. <laughs> now here's the bigger thing. I think a Jack and Daxter film could work, but it would need to be Sony animated studio, animation studios, yes. and it would need to be an animated film. Is Uncut Gems but, any good? It's it's great. For, have I haven't seen watched it. Have, Okay, so I was going to go on a tangent. You know what? I'm going to put this in for anyone who has seen Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems is what an A24 Uncharted movie would be. Ooh. That's all okay. I got I watched like the first 10 minutes of it, and people were just yelling over each other, and I, and I had the dishwasher going at the time, so I couldn't really hear the movie. And I was like, this is okay. Click. <laughs> I was like, I'll come back to this one day. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Maybe whenever midweek comes back, <clears throat> we, can, uh, we can start with that movie. Anyway. Uh yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes, but across the board, that's that's a conversation we'll come back to in a minute. Uh, so the last thing to talk about here is Sony's firm hand in regulating and censoring games on their platform is back in the limelight with indie horror game Martha is Dead. So apparently, as my naive, it wasn't naive. I I knew in the back of my head, my hope was that since they haven't been seeing it much, it meant that Sony was kind of lightening their hand. I think it was just that this conversation we were having on Twitter uh, with uh, Gideon of this idea that what's realistically happening here is that Sony 
it, that most companies, because of their want to be on PlayStation, because it's a very successful platform, are self-censoring themselves and changing what they would have put in their game so that they don't have to do this double work of removing something. Um, so that's unfortunate. But going on about this, uh, the production company behind the title revealed that the game's physical version on PlayStation will be delayed, but the digital version will not, so that they have time to get the working final version for the title on disc that has the edited thing for Sony. Uh, In this, they revealed that Sony is the only platform pushing the change, and that the title will go unchanged on both PC and Xbox. Now, if y'all remember, this was happening a lot to Japanese games. Not really something we've seen happen to games outside of the Japanese area that I am aware of um, yet on PlayStation. But this is a big change, and it's similar because we saw a lot of games either completely miss PlayStation or delay on PlayStation so that they could change. With Switch, Nintendo, the family's company were not requiring the same uh, changes from them. So this is unfortunate, but there's a weird side of this that I want to talk to you guys about because I think that you would probably agree, and I think definitely Saul kind of hinted at that in a big way, is that we're kind of in this thing where Sony, or not Sony, but the company behind it, right? Censorship can sometimes be a good thing in terms of it can be a benefit for sales for the company that's being censored Mm -hmm. because as we've talked about controversy leads to more attention being on the game and then people who are very stern in their beliefs will be more likely to buy the game to support it than they would have been if it never hit their radar had the controversy not come up so I think what's kind of weird about this is that the game actually might do better as a result of this controversy than it would have done. But my real hope for the outcome here, and the only way I can really see Sony making a change, is if every game that is announced to have to be changed on PlayStation sells incredibly well everywhere except for PlayStation. Like if Martha is Dead goes on to sell 2 million copies, but only like 100,000 of those are on PS4. Now, don't wrong. Do I think that's going to happen? Not necessarily. But in an ideal world where you want to see Sony actually go, look at all the money we missed out on that we could have done, is if people are actually buying elsewhere and saying, like, why didn't you buy on PlayStation? Oh, well, because PlayStation changed the game. I would love to see that happen. Do I think it's going to happen? No, (laughs) sadly. Um, I know that both y'all guys kind of put... The, the thumbs down on this, so I don't, I don't know how much y'all care about this actual uh, game and aspect, but I mean, I know Saul's kind of talked before that we're not a big fan of the idea of Sony saying that you can't do it. Um, so Chris, I don't think you've been on the show, but I know that in conversations I've had with you before, you came into the show after Sony's last bout of a uh, <laughs> bunch of, bunch of censorship. Bought stuff. Yeah, and all the other games like the Sinner and Kagura games that are, I don't even think, release on PS anymore. They just go straight to Switch and PC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, why not? You know, if you're being stopped. So I guess it's more for the audience's sake. What's your take on this particular, uh, not maybe the game, but in general, Sony's hand and, um, you know, regulating, if you want to call it that, or yeah. censoring? This is hard because I, I don't know. I've seen a lot of takes of like, like the specific scene is, I I think it's a lot. The the rumored scene, right? 
Like yeah, the the scene that most people are looking at, and, and it looks to be, is what's going to change on the PlayStation side of things, right? Because this game's already out on PC, right? Yeah, <clears throat> I think so. So that's why people know, or are people playing early access versions of it? I think it's out on PC. I'm not 100 percent sure because, like okay. you said, without this whole thing, I never would have even heard of this game. So it Actually, me too. I mean, <laughs> um, so it is what it is. But I don't know. I think I don't think they should be censoring it. But I also could understand why you would want to, having watched it. I don't know. I think like like some people like I think Saul said it earlier when we were talking about it. Like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And I don't think it is that big of a deal. But I can see a company being like, eh, I don't know if this is the type of content we want to put on there. Especially if what I read is true and that Sony wanted originally wanted a. Uh, some kind of trigger warning or whatever, and they wouldn't do it. And then so he's like, okay, then it's not, you can't put that scene there. I can kind of see that, but that was all hearsay. Um, I was about to say, because the initial thing says that the game already has warnings okay. at the beginning of the game when you're coming up. Um, I'll, I'll, let me look at this real quick. Because the initial tweet from Wired Productions mentioned it. Okay, here it is. Wired Productions, <clears throat> the statement they wrote, it is with, re- with regret that we've had to modify the experience in the PS5 and PS4 versions with some elements no longer playable after over four years. Blah, blah, blah. Hold on. Okay, here it is. Uh, Martha's Dead content with the same sensitive depictions in play consistently communicated to the media since the game was announced. This content is also flagged clearly and repeatedly within the game itself before play begins. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Now, so they I could just, be lying. Yeah, <laughs> That's also maybe. that is also possible. Um, um, pay, or, you know, painting themselves in the better position by saying it's there when they may have added it after Sony forced the hand. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. So I won't say too much more, but I think if the scene we watched isn't the scene that it is, but what I heard the scene was is true, then I can understand a little bit. Not that I support it, but I can't. I'm not going to like go to bat in the censorship wars for Martha's Dead, if that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even though well, I, don't I don't support know. the practice. <clears throat> I think that that's the thing for me. I remove myself from the game, right? The thing that's going around that people are seeing the video that we that even Saul was looking at. Yeah. If that's it, I see zero reason as to why that should be censored. That doesn't so, even really make sense. Whenever, kind of like I think you said in the Discord the other day, uh, the the Blake Discord of, it seems like a weird thing to go to bat for when none of the other platforms are requiring it. Mm. That's probably the biggest thing that's weird about it. Uh, But I think my biggest thing here is remove the Martha is dead aspect from it and just look at censorship as a whole and actually sit there and say, what to what degree should we really look and say, well, there's an outside ratings board that exists. Like if anything, Sony stands to gain more if they say we let the ESRB and the ratings that are given dictate what's on here so that players can make informed decisions over what they want to play. And bam, there you go. You can, you know, we're, we don't have any hand in it. Whereas I think the moment that Sony starts going, well, we will, we allow this, but we don't allow that. 
then it opens the door for people to go, well, if you allowed that, then why do you allow this thing that I don't like? Mm. And I almost think the better way for Sony to really treat it would be like, hey, hands off, the ESRB has a job. If the ESRB found this too much, this would be an adult-only game. And if it was an adult-only game, then we won't have it on our platform because that's our policy, right? That because And that's really not what happens, but... What's the last time that you saw a console game that was adult only? Nobody <laughs> makes it because it's too niche. Right. That's really something that the PC market's for because it's the only way you're going to get away with cheap enough development and be able to recoup costs. So that's what that's for. I think if you kind of view it through that lens, then Sony can wipe their hands of having to feel like they need to censor at all. They can wipe their hands of having to feel like they have to change anything else with, with other games because you have to come to this point. <laughs> what's up? No, I just thought of the idea of an E3 press conference, right? And it ends. <laughs> it's the PlayStation logo, PlayStation console exclusive, and then it just says, this game will make you come in 40 seconds. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> this online sex game. Um... <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation console exclusive. Hot MILFs. <laughs> Legend of the Witch Queens. <laughs> oh boy. The Sabbathussy. But it does bring that's, me to a an idea that's that terrible. I it would be fucking excuse that me. Would be, be that would be hilarious. You're fine, that'd be hilarious, yes. Um I do think that Sony should put like an age gated like AO section, even if not for Hentai Fighter sixty nine, but for like I don't know. GTA 3 is San Andreas with the hot coffee mod if you want to be like that. So I, I don't know. I think that would be an interesting thing of like, hey, here's this adults only section for your hardcore hostile game or your saw simulator or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that, but I mean, at least working within the bounds of what's already there, I just think that it makes significantly more sense to lean on the fact that the ESRB does already exist. Oh, I agree. And so when you look and go, well, Xbox don't see it as pushing it too far. The ESRB clearly don't see it as pushing it too far. And PC doesn't. Like, you know what would be the saving grace for me here? Is this, again, but it clearly it didn't matter to Sony. If Nintendo Switch is like, yeah, you can totally have a game where you just rub girls' panties and boobs but PlayStation's like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and what's more weird is like, you say absolutely not, not after the Vita was floated. As like, they probably made way more money off the Vita because of those sexual games than oh, they yeah. would have if they would have been doing the same level of censorship during the Vita age. Do, do you think that they're like, guys, we kind of don't think these games are good, but do you see the profits that they're bringing in? People are a little <laughs> soaking this stuff up. We got to recoup this Vita loss quick, buddy. Sinrin Kagura 5, come on out, you know? It's almost weird because you almost got to respect them in a way being like, we don't even want the profit. We just don't want this content. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a small part of me that's like, at least you're consistent morally on what you want, but also you're not the moral morality police. So leave me alone to play my porn games. Yeah. I don't know, man. The thing that always comes to mind, right. And, and I, and I hear this and as much as some, as I was like, you know, why does it matter? Cause I don't really think it does, but that's the thing is I'm viewing all this on the same plan. You're telling me that I can't watch this scene of what saw was watching of, you know, what's happening in this horror game, but I can watch in the last of us, a sex scene. That's probably one of the most brutal, visceral looking sex scenes I've ever seen. And it's not, it's supposed to be consensual, but boy, does it look weird. My point being is like, what makes that okay? 
and seeing you know all these different things, but then this isn't, and that becomes the question of the door is open for that because Sony is the one who said you can't see this Japanese character's butt crack. We're going to put a light shining over it when no one else does that. But we can we can have you see this woman get penetrated in The Last of Us too because it's adult art. It's mature. It's visceral. <laughs> Most importantly, it's a first party game of ours. <laughs> yeah, see, that's yeah. that's the problem that I think is that don't they avoid that controversy or that 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 line of questioning entirely if they go yeah we just let the people make their own choice is based off of what the SRB is. I'm sure that the, the Last of Us 2 says rated for sexual content, and guess what? I'm sure Sinran Kagura 5 says rated for sexual content. Yeah. I, so, I don't, it's a weird if, hell if to Nintendo, die Nintendo is going to let this happen and Sony won't, what world are we living in? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you right now, I don't agree with it, but if, if Nintendo was like, hey guys, we really appreciate our view as the family system, so we're not going to have your you know, get girls panties wet game on our system. I would at least feel well, like not? I would at least be like that one totally makes sense with the way the company presents themselves. Sony presents himself as we're going to have sex scenes between Ethan and I can't even remember the other girl's name right now. It starts with an M, but for in heavy rain, we're going to have this awkward sex scene where on PS3 he's taking his shirt off and it's kind of polygonal and doesn't look right. <laughs> but you know, it's just, I think that you get in that weird thing where they're trying to hide behind the fact that those games can do it because they're mature, but this other game can't. But then why can't you show what Martha's Dead is doing? It's mature. All right? I can, I'll, the last thing I'll say about Martha's Dead is from what I was reading, the scene that we watched is not the it's scene. Not yeah. The one that is censored is because the person in the scene is of a very young age. As in Maybe. months. <laughs> okay. So I mean, if it's if if you if it's a newborn is having that scene, have I kind of I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe that's not, you know, dude. One of the most <clears throat> successful film franchises of all time is a wizard boy's parents getting slaughtered in front of him and him getting fatally harmed with a big thing on his head. <laughs> and, yeah, but you don't see it happen. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't Maybe know. Maybe not. Like I said, I, I, I'm not for censorship. This is just not the hill I'm going to die on for this game, personally. Yeah. But I'm also not going to die on the porn games either. So, DMC, I got you. Show me the butt crack. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. I just think it's very odd. So it's unfortunate, but we'll move on. Uh, we're going to go to the community's take, which was based off of our episode last week where we talked about Sony's live service games. Chris, do you oh. have something you would like to interject with? Yeah, you missed a gigantic piece of news this week. Unless oh, it- fine. Yeah, sorry. Microsoft <laughs> announced that some Activision Blizzard games, including Call of Duty, will come to PlayStation. Uh, and actually, if you want to really go into it, the statement was what Microsoft have already said. They just repackaged it in a bow that game uh, Activision Blizzard games that are already under contract will still continue to come to PlayStation and then some games including yeah. Call of Duty should extend past that are again <laughs> their normal thing of we hope to continue bringing Call of Duty to PS after contractual obligations. No they said that which, they would no, the, do, if do, you, the, you copied the thing right? Let me, let me open uh, it up. I, I, right. I, but 
Uh, you, car- what- you copied the article. We'll read the yeah. we'll read the the quote. Uh, the new statement is much clearer. Uh, hold on. Actually, is there not like the actual quote? I don't want somebody repacking it, which is what I just did. I don't well, want to do the, that. Here, I'll find the blog post. Um, but while I'm looking for the quote, I wanted to bring something up to Saul because I know you were very passionate on the Microsoft is not a monopoly, and I did agree with you. However, if you look at this, Microsoft is worried that the FEC thinks they're a monopoly. Oh, absolutely. They're trying to assuage fears of to, to help this thing pass through, which, I mean, I, I think you do. If, uh, they probably did the same with Bethesda, right? Hey, let's make some statements that can well, yeah. help us get somebody, through this. Well, somebody pointed out, like, right after our podcast, somebody pointed out, like, yeah, they're being investigated now. Well, yeah, no shit. Anybody who makes an acquisition is always going to be investigated. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be flagged as non-normal. And it's being investigated by... Oh, the the SEC instead of the Department of Justice, or was it, or it's the inverse? My brain I'm is not, it's the it's the it's, SEC, yeah, which is what it normally is investigated by. But it's the Department of Justice specific. I don't know. I know that there was that thing that came out, but either way, did, did you find the original? I'll read this. Yeah, now. it's it says um, the new no, statement. I found, oh, I found it. I found it. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision, and we have committed to Sony that we will make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement into the future so Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games they love. And this is the part of the quote that makes me think that they're worried about this deal for Monopoly stuff because they also say, we are also interested in taking similar steps to support Nintendo's successful platform. And the reason that that is interesting is because Call of Duty has never been on Switch. So, Well, all those things Activision Blizzard, though, right? So here's the big question. What Activision Blizzard games are currently on Switch? Overwatch is Switch, right? Yeah. I think Diablo... Three is. Three Three, hit Switch? Yep. Two... Remastered or remade? I no think it's Switch. I my, my so point, there are ga- there are other games in Call sure. of Duty, but I guess the, the question is: Is that quote specifically talking about Call of Duty? And it's I don't think it's clear on that. It's not clear. I, think it's I just so, I, I just think it's more of a like we'll even put it on Nintendo if we can figure it out. <laughs> Please don't yell at us. We're fine. <laughs> like that's I think how that quote reads to me. I think I think that they're kind of downplaying Maybe. it as like a uh, as a way. To eventually, like, oh, they're investigating us, or like, I don't know, it's weird because it's they would not have. My whole thought process with this is like they consulted dozens of lawyers to make sure this kind of deal could happen before it actually happened, mm-hmm. and what their objective opinion on if this could be investigated, which it would, they knew that, but what would the investigation turn out? So this almost could be some kind of weird PR speak too, of like, yeah, this is this is perfectly fine. We'll be even well, better. Join Games Pass with us, and then we're definitely no Monopoly now because it's on every console if they choose to be. Well, I think so. Like the only, you know, if, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say if, if Games Pass eventually does become a thing, and and Sony says no, we don't want that on our system after Microsoft offers, then, then Microsoft can say we're we're deniable because we tried. Yeah, we and tried. Sony, Sony said no. Yeah. So I think this is almost a PR leading to that point, that eventual point, which is going to happen. I've actually one hundred percent. It's one hundred percent going to happen. They're going to they're going to offer Sony Games Pass, and Games Pass is going to turn, and they're going to they're probably going to turn it down. I hope they don't, but they're going to turn it down, and then Microsoft's going to say we cannot be seen as a monopoly because we offered our competition some of the market share, yeah. and they turned it down. Yeah, but they can't. They I don't think they could say because if they're they'll still be watched. 
into the future. So let's say after these agreements, they're like, you know what? We take that back. They're all exclusive that they could just come back and be like, no, we're and, breaking and you you're up. You're in violation. <laughs> yeah. 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 But because, even in the attempt to make them non-exclusive is what, is what they're trying to do. No, because they have a perfectly good way to not make it exclusive, which is continue the exact same way it's been going. You can't take something away and then be like, I'm going to give this to you in a completely different way. Even though I promised you the old way, and but then be like, no, I didn't do anything first? wrong. No, but what I'm saying is they can't take they they can't take it away because they they changed the game and you didn't want to ch- and you didn't want to go with it when they're promising not to change anything. That would just no, no. Put I'm them not back saying they violation. would. I'm just saying that by that eventually, inevitably, not even involving this, but they're going to get the games pass. They're going to offer Sony games pass. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And then Sony's either, and depending on where that's going to go, but then if Sony turns down Games Pass, any future acquisitions can be seen as like they turned down the 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 opportunity to have this acquisition and these games oh, made well, in this yeah. acquisition on their console. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I, I, I and sorry. they could say, I thought you were yeah, I'm not about saying Call specifically this one. No, no, gotcha. I'm saying I'm saying that statement from this statement about Call of Duty oh. is what I think is leading up to this inevitable point. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't know. I just think you can clearly tell Microsoft is worried because the blog point is literally called "Adapting Ahead of Regulation." <laughs> what a what a title! By the way, I gotta I gotta I gotta tell y'all something. I don't think that the Martha is dead scene uh, is the thing with somebody of of a young age. I can't find. I, I'm trying to find what the censored scene is. It's the same scene that I keep finding. Well, but so, no, but no one knows. That's still just that's being passed. Well, the game's around been out. The rumored thing. Right? Yeah, the game's been out on PC for a while now. Yeah, so I exactly. would feel like if it's in there, like they're not. Gonna, you'd be able to find the scene. In you'd question be able to find the scene. Because, in question. Yeah, but I yeah. did. <laughs> I did find that Sony <laughs> censored a Naruto Shippuden game <laughs> on PlayStation. Did y'all know that? No. no. What, how so? I don't know how so, but like I was just reading this Reddit comment, and I don't know where I think I've exited out of it by now. Um, Which does mean technically right now it's not proven, but there, there's a chance that they did. No, they absolutely they did. did. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Also, all they got to do is say, hey, play Call of Duty through uh, Switch Cloud stuff. I saw somebody play Kingdom Hearts 3 through that the other day, and it was awful. Now, again, that doesn't mean the whole system is that way, but the dude would be playing, and then like for like two to three seconds sometimes, it would just, the the image would freeze, and then Mm -hmm. suddenly he'd be dead. And he's like, what? I, I couldn't react to anything. I didn't see what was going on. Apparently, there's a scene that happens that involves. Two of the main characters, three of the main characters actually, but two of them are dead, and something is happening with blood, and it may, and it's literally a story element of Naruto Shampoo that the blood is there and it's gone in the game. Stupid. And then, and then somebody pointed out that it's T rated for blood, but it's it's removed from the cutscene on PlayStation only on PlayStation. Wild. Ugh. Okay. Well, I guess the real question there is. It has, yeah, it, it has to be through PlayStation if it's only on that system. Well, no, it's but this is on. It's also they say it's present in the Steam version. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, I just thought I'd throw that out there because it's not real of all things that got censored. Yeah, a cartoon about a ninja guy who he says believe it and eats ramen. Believe to be fair, it. this is him like six years in the future from that. But yeah, still. that's all. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. Either way, the I will say I don't want to talk too much more about that anything in particular because I will say all this regulation talk is we're speaking way beyond our true grasp of understanding on these things. Yeah, and. I would rather just look at this and say, I don't truly know how these things go. There's little bits and snips that you can look at and say, this might be how it goes. But in reality, I think we all know that anything we say, there's an air of the fact that in the effort, in the effort of making conversation around it and our current thoughts on it, 
we're inherently talking out of our ass to some degree because we don't have a not none of us have a deep understanding of how these regulatory concerns are actually approached. Yeah. I can only go off of things that I've seen that have happened already. Exactly. So I think we would all agree that having too strong of an opinion over what's actually going to happen here is impossible for us because we don't have the the actual knowledge needed to make that. I'm not saying either of y'all were doing that. I just want to make sure that's clear to listeners. We're not acting as if we're an authority on this. Bro, I got a 199 IQ. What are you talking about? Oh, did you pay your dollar <laughs> fifty to get it? It's a dollar ninety nine. That's how. It's, that's how you know it's a it's a 199 IQ. <laughs> If you want to hear someone knowledgeable, go listen to like what Rick Hogue has to say about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Listen to somebody who like Hogue Law that has way more, and and, and maybe you did, Chris, but point being... I did. <laughs> we, we don't have the deep understanding of how he came to that conclusion. All you, all you might be doing here is basically repeating what he said. Yes, which I plagiarized. Is, plagiarized yeah. my own opinions, like uh, Philip Mewson. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, yeah, not saying that you did repeat what he said here, but it, it is better to go no, to I someone did. who actually knows what the heck they're doing here. So, you know, yeah, you did. You just oh, said I exactly what he said. Re- repeated <laughs> like his talking point, which was true. It's like they can't lie about this stuff. So, well, yeah, absolutely they can't. And as we've seen from plenty of things and what people want to do, there's people that are trying to look at coming in and breaking up Facebook mm-hmm. or Meta now. You know, well, there's Europe, people that Europe want to try and they just get it off their 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 them entirely. They don't want it. Yeah, it's a cancer. Get rid of it. It actually is. Yeah, y'all delete Facebook, please. I did it for 10 years now. 12 years. Except you can join the Triangle Squared Facebook group. We'll <laughs> gladly let you in if you'd like to yeah, send us a request yeah, to join. The Just make a fake Facebook with no like knowledge of who you are so they yeah. can't steal your information and sell it. And then um, every yeah. time you're, yeah, every time, and only access it on a computer. That that's the only thing you access. No, speaking of face- <laughs> it's strictly your Facebook computer. Speaking of Naruto, just make an account that's just named Naruto and have a picture of Naruto, and then just join our Discord. We'll have like a hundred Naruto's. It'll be like him using the clone jutsu. <laughs> I knew you were about to say that. It'll, it'll be great. Okay, we're gonna go on. Uh, Chris did not want to let me pass that up, so Chris, I'm glad. There you go. Big piece of news. Uh, it is a big piece of news. I'm glad that you uh, brought that to my attention. I was in an effort of trying to get you out of here on time for work and uh, I did We're almost that. there. Yeah, we're 30 minutes away. Okay, so here we are. You ready? I'm ready. I'm going to go to the community stake. The community stake this week was based off of our episode last week where we talked about Sony's live service games and what you guys would want to see pitched, uh, which I know is a conversation that's a little weird because some of you don't want to see them do live service games, but I guess in this aspect of looking at it and really saying like, "Hey, let's look at this and say if I have to live in a world where Sony's you know, taking up what could be new IP that's single player. Let's see what they're going to do. And this is what I would prefer. Um, so there's a, a remark from, I think, Jehudi, if I'm remembering when I saw it pop up, that I will find. And I think he brought, he might have brought it up in um, podcast open discussion. Um, he did. So I'm going to read his actual community's take answer first. He goes, there will likely be your standard shooters, car shooters, fantasy, etc. What I would want them to do is a smaller scale live service game where you and a small number of players take ever challenging gameplay and ever changing environments. Think Doom, Bloodborne difficulty, but with four to six players in mind, and that is specifically made for four to six players. Mind you, not making a game where four players need to stand in four separate places to move on type of gameplay, but more like you need four players at least to tackle an area, boss, etc. 
The last game I played uh, was years ago was Apex Legends. I think he meant live service and fell off of it just because I have been gravitating towards PVE versus PVP. And I want a unique game outside the usual things we have out there. And in podcast open discussion, he brings up the subject of Sony trying to entice players from other live service games to come to theirs. But my question is, is there a place where live service games can have close to the single player experience that PS studios are known for? Not sure how this would work out, but maybe Sony wants to entice their single player gamers to dip into live service games. And he says, I guess like a good version of Anthem where they mix it with what's supposed to be a great story but then continue doing it with live service, which also sounds like a good version of Marvel's Avengers. That mm-hmm. seems like what they're trying to do, right? That, and maybe that is a way to do that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I would say that someone may argue that Destiny 2 is that, that there's a campaign that you can completely play on your own, uh, can, that maybe not ideal, but there's a campaign you can completely play on your own, enjoy. There's very big lore-heavy implications and everything. And then once you get through all that stuff, then it becomes now you're going to just keep grinding the same stuff over and over again like you would in games like Apex and whatnot that don't necessarily have campaign missions uh, sped out to get certain gear or whatever. So maybe that already exists. I don't know, Saul. Would you agree with that? I mean, would you look at Destiny as an example of a, of a story-heavy live service game? I mean, Final Fantasy XIV, I found Destiny. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I mean, technically, I mean, all of them had to, right? Like, uh, well, MMOs, right? And and that becomes the question of when we're talking about live service, are we inherently including MMOs? And that kind of goes to the the same question: Is Destiny an MMO, or does it just want to consider itself a live service game at this point? I would argue that MMOs are just—they are the oldest form of live service games. Yeah, they are. It's just it was that before anybody called it live service. So yeah, I think and I think you know them having a story is is important. Yes, because it's a secondary, or if not like Tertiary. primary, no, okay. think, but a primary reason you playing because some people mainly do play for the story. Some people play for like the gameplay and then the story. For me, it's it's actually an exact combination for Destiny. I love the story as much as I love the gameplay. Yeah, see, that's the weird thing of like when I brought up the way I play RuneScape earlier. I don't even play it as an MMO. I play it strictly by myself, and I basically play it as something I have to log into, which is not that unlike Destiny if you choose to do everything by yourself. I just log onto the game, and I play it without talking to anyone else unless the game forces me to, and I just play the game. You can do that with, with any game, really. I say that. I guess you can't play Apex by yourself. There's no way yeah. to do that. The game will match make you in with someone else. But yeah, why do you play the game? I guess is the big question. Like RuneScape gets my money every month. I'm basically play paying a monthly fee to just keep playing stories and stuff entirely. I basically this is a subscription service single player game for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's not what it really is. It's just how I'm choosing to play it. Um so yeah, I think to that degree. That's the real answer, uh, Jehudi, is that those games already exist. They're just MMOs and have been. Now, maybe you mean change that up to where it's a game that has more of a story that's presented in the fashion of The Last of Us or something like that. And maybe, I think Chris kind of brought that up. or I, I did, I know for sure, to a degree, but it may have been what Chris meant too. 
that episode when we first started talking about the idea of factions coming back and what if it's something more, I said that there's always a way to where there's a real storyline built into factions and everyone else plays around that storyline. The Last of Us 1 factions already had that. It was just... It was like a little text story of what was going on. Like, oh, this group is growing this big, which impacts this group in this way. They really want to. You can expand that and have real story cutscenes and stuff like that in a game mode, uh, in a game that's wrapped up with live service elements. So, I don't know. We'll see how that ends up going. Um, Looking at one of the other ones here... Heroes Rude Days 93, he's one of our patrons, just like Judy. He says, one of the biggest things PlayStation games are known for is their unique worlds that players love to visit. So my idea would be have yourself a hub world, like in Destiny, and have the places you visit be the worlds of Horizon, Last of Us, God of War, etc. From here, have single-player co-op PvE and a separate PvP mode like Destiny. The PvE consists of missions in these worlds, helping the main characters like Aloy, attacking a bandit's hideout, or even (laughs) side characters like Sully to find a piece of treasure in an Uncharted world. Your avatar's clothes would change with your every world you visit, so you fit right in, giving Sony the chance to microtransaction the hell out of players for each different costume. All I got right now, but I think it's a good starting point. Rude Days, I want to tell you something. You just described Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) A little bit. You just described Kingdom Hearts, but the game form of Kingdom Hearts, where instead of you visiting a bunch of Disney movie properties and show properties, instead you visit game worlds and you blend in by changing your outfit when you get there. I like the idea if I'm being honest. <laughs> I like it too. I think it would be it would be kind of interesting if the hub world was just the like XMB or whatever they call it now with the, the homepage. But like you and walk like, around it? No, you just choose a like you just choose a box art and that's the game you go into and then you can play and like in your settings you have all like your roster and that sure. kind of stuff. Well, this doesn't sound that different from like, this is going to sound weird, but it was kind of like what Disney Infinity was, right? Kind of. But with toys, because it's like you have a hub and then you just put what Disney World you want to go into. So it'd be like Sony saying, hey, you have a hub of all these Sony IP and you can just walk into them. You you know what I actually think is the most interesting aspect of this is Mm. that this could, it'd be be hard as hell though, but this would be the way to try and bring everyone in, but it would also make the game too broad. So I don't see why people would want it. But I I think the biggest problem you're going to have here is that you go into the world of Horizon and in Horizon, it's a third person shooter basically but then you go into the world of god of war and suddenly it's a melee heavy game that's third person but then you go into the world of kill zone and it's a first person shooter it would be awesome because unlike destiny where the gameplay is fun but sometimes you are like is there a way for me to grind this content in a different gameplay form so that i'm not so tired of just (laughs) shooting the same things over and over again yeah but that's hard, right? It would be kind of cool if you're like, I'm going to go grind out the God of War world because I want to be melee heavy and I just want to use big upfront melee weapons. But then I'm going to back out and I'm going to go to resistance because I want to shoot people. But then I'm going to back out. I want to shoot people in first person. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to back out and I'm going to go and I want to shoot people in third person with bows and arrows and primitive weapons. <laughs> with Drake. Um, <clears throat> I think it would be hilarious if you could bring other like guns and like you could go to the uncharted to the world. horizon world with a with <laughs> resistance guns and have all yeah. fire but like screw you dinosaurs i'm going to shoot you with the magnum and then explode <laughs> the bullet or if or like the sh- creatures like the like the uh the, not locust that's gears of war what are they called in resistance i'm blinking chimera. Oh, chimera chimera what if they started leaking into uncharted's world 
Dude, I I would would honestly love that. If that was the story to where it's like all the PlayStation worlds are starting to cave in on each other, which also if I'm just being honest, I didn't play much of Final Fantasy 14 online to get far enough into the story that apparently starts to get wild, but somebody, somebody who I'm be honest, I sometimes think he embellishes in ways. Somebody tried explaining to me that Final Fantasy 14's world a story eventually starts trying to like collapse other elements of other Final Fantasy games into it. So it's clearly not a, you can, I mean, we, we've what? seen this from Spider-Man no way, no way Home too. This idea of having all, all of your universes that were the one thing coming in together. So you could do that with a, with a game to where Sony's worlds are all collapsing in on each other and suddenly all the Sony heroes are aware of each other and have to work together. I guess technically my bosses and raids, maybe. That, and that, see, I think that's where it came from, Justin but, embellishing. Because he was like, well, there's a story thing where you hear one wing. And I, I might be misremembering this slightly wrong. No, if he like, told you that that far ago when he, he worked at GameStop, no, that was before <laughs> several in the game. That was before I went reborn he, long ago. No, no, no. Not what I'm talking about. This was, oh. like, this was like two or three years ago, Max. Um, I don't and he was like, yeah, he's like, uh, you hear one winged angel and you see feathers falling uh, from the ground and then you see a sword land on the ground uh, and it's and it's Sephiroth's sword. What? And I might have I might be slightly misremembering that, but it was something to that effect. Yeah. So it, what I was getting at is that if that's what Final Fantasy 14 is doing, that's actually a cool idea. Having it to be where for some reason the universes are all starting to somewhat clash together. You could do that with, with Sony stuff. It would be yeah. it'd be sick to see the Hellgast come into the world of Horizon, right? <laughs> and they, they start like corrupting the the beast to work for them. Oh, that would be dude, sick. That would be that's sick. A good, that's a good idea. I'm gonna hit us. I'm gonna hit us with another one. Uh, also, there's no reason that can't be the case. I'm gonna hit True. us with another one on Discord. Uh, our, our good buddy Rude Cold, aka Sean, he says. I really think they could bring back Warhawk as a live service game with its mix of vehicular and shooter combat. It might seem quite small scale, but as a whole, it's a lot of fun back in the day, and it was the first game that introduced me to online multiplayer and playing with a clan. So, got some clan-like um, elements to it, and having a vehicular and shooting game. I never played Warhawk. I played Warhawk not a ton. I played Starhawk um, more so than Warhawk, and it was fun too. But I will say, my biggest question for you, Rude, uh, Sean, is going to be are you literally saying, in this case, just bring back Warhawk basically the way it was and then try to find an element that works as a live service thing that makes you want to keep coming back to it? And if so, what is that thing? I'm just curious. Like, what for you, if you like Warhawk that much and you wanted to see it as something that's meant to be live service, so updated continually for years and years to come and giving you a reason to play it every week like most games like Apex and Destiny do, right? I'm, I'm not wrong on that. Isn't there normally a reason to want to play Apex any given week so you can try and unlock something? No, it's just your battle pass. Okay, so it's just how quickly you want to move through your own battle pass. Correct. Okay, so regardless, let's let's look at say Warhawk and what is it? Is it going to have a battle pass? Is that the thing that keeps you wanting to come back and playing it? And then what does the battle pass award you? What is the progression system that comes to you? I would love to hear your thoughts on that, just because I think if you wanted to come back, that's awesome. But what makes it special as a live service, and instead of it just coming back as a new temporary multiplayer title, that would be my big question of how you move that game forward in that particular way. Um. And anybody else who wants to answer that, that's fine. I mean, I don't play enough live service to really know exactly every angle you could come at and attack it. Yeah. 
So, uh, one from Josh Ayers, one of our longtime patrons and listeners, just like Root Gold, he says, Freedom Wars, expand it with the success of Monster Hunter. It would be sweet. However, I couldn't tell you who should make it. So, here's the, the interesting thing. Even Monster Hunter is currently not a games as a service. It had its sprint, right? It yeah. had that little point where it's like, well, we're going to update it a bunch and add events and stuff. Monster Hunter World's done. They're not adding to it anymore. They made they made Iceborne and then did some support for it. I think Monster Hunter is done. the whole IP, I guess, could be seen as games as a service now. Maybe? I don't know, really. I don't. I, I mean, I actually think Monster Hunter World would have been the platform to just keep going. Keep adding new areas. Keep adding new monsters to kill. But I don't necessarily know that Capcom has interest in doing that. Yeah. I mean, they did have interest for a world, so it's... I don't know. Maybe. Because, well, I'll say this. Was there a monetized aspect of world? Costumes and stuff. I think you can get, like... You can get Palico stuff. Yeah, pretty sure. I I don't remember. I know everything else, you know. I mean, I guess you can start... But it's been so long since I played world. But I'm pretty sure you can buy, like, all kinds of stuff for your Palico. Well, well, another thing, I guess, you could do if you wanted to really look at how you could go into that is you could add, much like Destiny does, ornaments for things. You could add ornaments for armor types. You'd be like, "Here's here's a new bone armor ornament. And it's a slice, like a different version of armor made of bones. Yeah. Um. But then that comes to that thing of like, do you feel like if a game like Monster Hunter ever goes live service, you expend a lot of design aspects there. So like every Monster Hunter game previously, every game, the bone weapons all look different. The There's either new armor packs that have never been there and they get a new look or there's returning armor where it's like, oh, what looks different in this game because you want something that looks fresh and new. But you're going to burn through a lot of design in a, in a live service game. So does if you make live service Monster Hunter, do you ever actually go back away from that? Or do, or, sure you can, yeah. Because there, there, I'm sure there's been live service games that have gone online service. What? Your thing's coming out. I don't know if it's going to impact uh, anything, but... How did that happen? I don't know. But <laughs> I didn't want anything to fall weird. out. Uh, That's what yeah, she I said. think Freedom Wars was cool, though. I think that you could look at that and kind of come back around to that. I mean, um, I don't think it was live service, but maybe it was. What was Dauntless? Yeah. Was that, I, I, was that I, I, meant I played, to be live service? Never played that. It was. I. I didn't. I it was free to play, right? It. Yeah. I literally turned it on and went, I'd rather just play the good one and bought Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I but it was free. If, it was live service, so it was a definitely free to play. Hmm. Okay. I'm curious if that's what they really saw it as, or if it was like, "Hey, jump in, make a free to play that you can monetize for a while." That's a weird thing in games now. It's like, does free to play always necessarily mean live service? Probably does. No, no, not always. At this point, but I don't really think so. I I don't know, though, because why would you make a free-to-play game that you only intend to support for two years? I think that that, that's the kind of Just a monetization support for, like, character stuff. You can make money off of it for the time. Mm. Either way, interesting. So it looks like somebody's already tried that ground, and it didn't quite work. Because I don't hear anybody talking about Dauntless anymore. No. Um, I'm going to jump over real quick. We got... Because uh, there's almost one, yeah. Yeah, we're going to finish up. Uh, our buddy Ryan over here, the Skinny Rage, says, one to six player co-op shared open world tactical third-person shooter, SOCOM. Decima engine, updated gear, vehicles, weapons, and new large maps of regions from all over the world. Doesn't sound that different from the game you pitched last week. Yep. 
Me and so, Ryder are on the same page. Might be on to something there. We do have another one from No Fate, which is very short and sweet. Following the success of Fall Guys and shows like Squid Game, I would pitch for a Mario, a Mario Party style game with iconic characters from PlayStation. I think what gets weird about that is Mario Party slightly works because all the Mario people have this similar tonality. And so bringing them all together and having them do this kind of goofy thing, does it feel weird? Yeah. Does that work if you bring Kratos and Sackboy, much like PlayStation All-Stars, but it's just wacky, not to the death games? Because PlayStation All-Stars kind of worked because it was to the death. And even then, for some people, it didn't. Some people didn't like that. You could have enough cutesy characters to make make that work, though. Yeah, and only only keep like Sly and Jack. Well, Jack kind of gets dark in the long run, actually. But very, yeah. You could do like Sly, Jack. uh, If you could get Microsoft to loan you Spyro and Crash, (laughs) Uh, and then you have, of course, Sackboy, Fat Princess, Donald Goofy. Technically, if you had borrow some Kingdom Hearts characters, yeah, Uh, you could see what you could do there. All right, um, got some on Facebook that I know. that Saul can't see. Nope. Blake Popes, the ghost of Blake Popes. Here he is. Ooh, he says, open world skateboarding game mixed with Grand Theft Auto. What does that even mean? You just punch people off their skateboards? And Everybody's their- riding a skateboard in this world. Can you pick up hookers in your skateboard? <laughs> like, you just roll <laughs> The true balancing act. <laughs> just, Blake, just play Ollie Ollie World. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I do. There's a part of me that likes the idea of just an open world, always constantly going skate game. Everyone's just skateboarding around, and anytime you can hop on and be with friends, and like, dude, I found this new uh, skate zone here. And you just go and like, oh, dude, check this out. And then everybody starts being like, hey, let's see who can get the biggest air on this gap. Speaking of skateboards, for fun, so Big South already actually has some, but for fun, I'm going to get some too. Me and Andy were talking about it for exercise. No, roller, roller blades. <laughs> oh, okay. you should get a pair of roller blades, and we can all go like rollerblade is playing park. Yeah, but, have you heard? Uh, have you heard Bill Burr talk about how everybody got into rollerblading in the nineties, and then suddenly everyone got out of it because <laughs> I kept the joke of something like everybody thought it was lame again. So like after that, they just went. He's like, suddenly there's a there's a pile of trash in the ocean of just roller blades <laughs> from everyone's nineties fad of roller blades. Bro, I liked roller blade. That was, it was fun. Get, you're gonna get some inline skates with the little bitty wheels. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get like apparently like it's a big special to me. They have like their three wheels now in the middle. They're big, and those are like a back elevens. Like they're ridiculously fast. Yeah, I mean I I know how to rollerblade. Yeah, I mean it's pretty easy. I was telling Big, I'm like, all you gotta do is like it's like real life. I gotta do is jump and grab. You, I can do an indie, it, I can do an indie on rollerblades. Can oh, do that on a skateboard. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying that most people. People have balancing issues. Oh, they do. They didn't see, but we grew up, me and you both grew up skateboarding and rollerblading. That is true. Chris, you can come and rollerblade with us. (laughs) I don't have rollerblades. (laughs) Let's go to the derby. Let's use use those Patreon funds, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I I don't even think. That's our first controversy. I'm I'm pretty sure we would have to order rollerblades. I don't think you can buy them from anywhere around here. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Let's continue. But Blake, I would love to hear your thought. If your idea is really like a very mature skateboarding game where like you're chasing down other criminals and they're on a skateboard and you're on a skateboard and you're shooting them with a with like a machine gun, hey. I'm pretty sure he just means get a, I get to customize my character and go around this open world and skateboard with him. Okay, but that's just skate. I mean, what what is making it GTA? I have friends with me. Can you uh, GTA online? Is that what it means? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I okay. feel like he just meant an open world. 
skateboarding game. <laughs> that's that's skate, but made MMO. Right? Yeah, it's like live it's like somebody service. Refers, it's like somebody refers to Pikachu as like or Nintendo. I'm sorry, Nintendo for like. Oh, look at that Nintendo over there. No, it's a PlayStation. It's kind of like look at that Grand Theft Auto Online game, but it's. I've seen people do that before, but they just well. But I know Blake. Blake's more in touch with the gaming thing than that. No, that's he why, is. I'm that's why that's... I think he might mean something specific when he says GTA. But I wonder if he means like the aspect of like because like some people like the GTA aspect of being able like completely not worried about online, right? Just being in the game and being like, I'm gonna go play tennis now. I'm gonna ride a bike now. But then that's not really skateboarding. So I wonder what he means. Like, is it can you work out and then get buff like you could in San Andreas and eat and get fat? Like, what what's the aspect of GTA right. that if you I want in Blake? Skate. I know you're listening to this, so just uh, hit me up. I want to know if, if, I if it's the goofy version. I'm still down with that. I would actually love the idea of like, hey, he's getting away, but it's just like a mobster on a skateboard. <laughs> if I can't skate down a Chipotle on this game, what are you even doing? I mean, yeah, true that. All right, Blake, give me your idea because part of me now hopes it's just. GTA with all cars removed and it's just different models of skateboards like that guy's got a longboard I need speed punch him off of it and steal it <laughs> we'll see how that works out uh, let's see I'm gonna choose I think two here and then we're gonna go on Joey McPherson says in the last of us world it's open world and you get you do missions while trekking across the US gathering supplies to survive be it food meds wood for burning finding guns ammo etc you can also go into every single building house and loot you can also fortify a house for the night or longer, fighting off other real players, or you can group up to take on other groups, NPCs, and the infected. It's an always evolving world where the longer you're there, the more that nature starts to take over. Gas and food, etc., start becoming more sparse with each season going where you buy new passes, you get a new supply drop with some supplies to keep going. Interesting. I kind of like the idea, but I would almost like it more if you can actively take steps to fight back nature, but that's on all players. And as people shirk off to try and move forward or gain new ground somewhere or just try to hold up one space, the rest of the world, if it doesn't get clean, continues to get more and more crazy. So that it gets harder and harder to find new places if your current spot's found. I do like the idea, though. Though this kind of sounds like Rust a little, like we were talking about, right? Yeah. Where like you, you hold up into an area. But I think he means like far larger scale. This almost sounds like something like Project Zomboid or what's the um, what's the Xbox One State of Decay? State of Decay, yeah. But on like a more large scale online environment. Hmm. Would be fun. We'll see. Um, last one here is Richard Schaefer. He says, a live service sports game that the sport changes with each season. Winter would be football. Spring, summer would be baseball. Fall would be basketball. Sprinkle in some random events like, like Olympics, tennis, NASCAR. Have a Destiny-style create-a-player subclass for your preferred sport. And you can create up to four characters with attributes that better serve some sports over others. Hmm. That would be interesting. It w- I think someone like Andrew would actually love that. Like people who are super into all sports. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's football season. So we're going to play football games within this. That could actually work out pretty well. I could see that working. But I wonder if that would be able to really push out just people wanting to buy the yearly. Like, I'm going to buy NBA and I'm going to buy Madden because maybe they like everything except soccer or everything except hockey. And do those come into play or are those like the offshoots? Then it starts becoming hard to go how do you scale it outside of countries because like does nba 2k12 sell really well in like europe maybe it does i really don't know the answer to that yeah that's 
That's a good question, actually. So you have to start bringing in other things, right? Like soccer would need to be in here. It would, yeah. It just soccer, would because soccer is bigger baseball. than a ton of sports. So soccer. then you have to worry about hockey because hockey gets big in certain areas. But are those as much just as I like, like hockey, I don't think it would be. A, I don't think it'd be in the game. Soccer, soccer, golf, soccer would have to golf, baseball, yeah. football, basketball, basketball. How we forget about basketball? Well, he has that's, it in there. Yeah, not about me just now. Yeah, and don't forget your baseball, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Give me baseball. The only one that Chris worries about. All right, guys. Thank you all for that. That's interesting. I am genuinely curious to see. And I, much like Chris, I really hope that five of them are just MLB. Just because then that means that there's only five new live service games I have to worry about <laughs> instead of ten. <sighs> uh, but we'll see how that ends up working out. Uh, also, I wonder when live service is going to stop being the buzzword. I don't think it's a buzzword. I think it's just... A well, new name for a genre. For a, th- for a thing that's already been around, though, right? It's just a new way to say yeah. it. Yeah. Like, for a while, what was the buzzword uh, coming into PS4? It was like, Sabbath open world immersive. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I, had to, I had to explain to a man, or, or watch somebody explain to a man in a public forum what that word meant. What the, what? And then I had to put anything with a ussy ending follows that. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? Eric. Eric didn't know what it meant. Eric, you're supposed to have more more culture than that, man. I'm I'm sad. Shad, I'm sad. Uh, all right, that's it for that. Now, the main topic is going to end up being quick because I know we got to get out of here. The topic that we were kind of talking about is, and looking at the news of what's around, uh, as you kind of saw from Saul, his ugh, about the Jack and Daxter thing, is kind of talking about the future of Sony continuing on with live action films in this big budget realm. Live action's keyword. Key. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like, if you look at like legacy IP and they, what's more weird is that they were kind of starting to try and do this, but it didn't work. And so they canceled the one. They made a Ratchet and Clank movie that was just the same story as the game. And I don't think that that was a good idea. If you wanted to make it something, don't have it somewhere. It's like, oh, well, you can either go watch it and it's the exact same story as you're going to play. Have it be something different to draw people who like it to go see it. Yeah. I think that's important. Uh, but that didn't do well. So if you remember, they were going to do a Sly Cooper movie or series one. They didn't quite say. That's but they so put out a thing of like a, of a straight trailer for it, and it never came. Um, but then we have what I would say is the success of Spider Verse as a good example. But that's also because Spider Man's involved, so it's not the perfect example. And not a lot of action. But let Sony's let Sony Animation Studios uh, make some of these things right. Keep the budget down. But still expand on what you're doing because I don't. There's no way that like the budget for Spider Verse is anywhere near the budget for No Way Home, right? Right. There's no right. way. So in no looking sense. at that, I think it makes more sense to let some things be animated when it makes sense. Like a, Jack and Daxter could totally work for a whole new generation of kids, not as a game. You don't have to worry about how to reinvent the wheel from the gaming side. Be like, how do we look at these characters and give new stories and look at this world for something that old fans would enjoy, but also new fans could enjoy? I, I would say this right now. If they're going to make it live action, I don't think any old fans going to enjoy it. Well, if that's what I'm saying. If it's targeted so, for kids yeah, or yeah. for a new generation. Yeah. Well, that's why I think... I agree with Chris and the idea that no way does live action Jack and Daxter for me work 
unless you just completely change it and be like, we're just going to make everybody some weird form of like some normal like humans, but look at their character traits and transfer those over to humans and tell a similar story within normal people. But you can make it weird and somewhat otherworldly if you want to, but you're still going to try and do it within the realm of humans because otherwise you start to kind of lose the 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 plot and it gets real easy for bad CGI to get in the way. Like that new Resident Evil movie. I don't know how good it was. The CGI was enough to make me go, well, they lost me there. That yep. CGI looks like g- garbage. Mm-hmm. That's so. why, hot take, I don't think Sony should make any live-action movies. I think that any... Sony I, made Resident Evil. I don't think any any video game movies, I should say. Yeah. And here's why. I think that any live-action IP that they have would translate automatically better into a show okay. than a movie. That's actually where I was going to go with this. I actually think like live action Twisted Metal could work. Most of the like Twisted Metal 2012 thing I actually liked was that all of the cutscenes for everything were like stylized live action. So I mm-hmm. think if you really want to make that work, if you do a stylized live action for the show, absolutely could work. Because you have wacky characters, right? Like they're not always like genuinely wacky. They're kind of dark. But like Calypso is a character that is kind of stretched and odd and this. You know, I don't want to say flamboyant or anything. That's not really the right word. Um, but he's very like has a presence, and he comes in, and he's a very strong character. So they could totally do that. I think that would work. Um, but I don't think the movies is the way to go. But I don't know, Chris. Why do you think Uncharted? Do you think Uncharted literally is going to do well just because it's a, 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 a um, like action movie? Yeah, but is I also that- think it looks like fun. You think from everything you've seen that that movie looks fun? That's yeah. a genuine question. I think it looks okay. great. I, I don't. Not even from the Uncharted standpoint. I think just watching the movie trailer, even if it didn't say Uncharted, I would not want to watch what they've shown so far. I don't know. I think it looks fun. Like, I, I don't know. I like the humor. I like the, I don't know. I was in when they did that whole, the guy talking with a Scottish accent and he just goes, that's the what? only time. That's, the, whole that's the only, that's the only. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that was fun. That was cool. Yeah. And then immediately the rest of it, I was like, I mean, it is hard, right? Cause no matter what, I can't separate the fact <laughs> that I've experienced all this before. I've experienced a dude falling out of the back of a plane because they're just borrowing from the games. Yeah. So my, my biggest the, issue is you could change was lost there. You could change the name of everybody in this movie and it just would not be uncharted. Yeah, and I that's, mean that's a big problem. I think is that, that like, you know, that's a problem when you're like we want to no, use our IP for movies because there's no identity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. And I agree with that. That's that's why like I will continue to say like Sonic the Hedgehog. That's the best video game movie that's ever been made. True, without shadow of a doubt, that's the only one. Do you know what is a good follow up? That's kind of controversial. I think Prince of Persia. I don't think Prince of Persia, Persia movie was terrible. No, but I also don't think it was great for a video game movie. It was better than a live of action yeah. video game movie with Jay Jonah Hall as Prince Caspian. Mm-hmm. I was gonna see if you caught that <laughs> Chronicles of Narnia, um, but yeah, it, it was not bad. Um, and then you have stuff like Free Guy. That's not like a video game movie, but it's kind of a free video game movie. The movie's phenomenal. Actually, Free Guy, Free Guy works as the best show that you can make a video game movie without having to be specific. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was phenomenal. You just make a ton of references and make it video gamey, and people are in. Yeah, the exactly. fact the fact that Free Guy exists and so many bad video game ad- movie adaptations exist goes to show that the people behind the adaptations just didn't know what to do. You're right. UA Ball was not a big uh, video game guy; <laughs> just made the movies. <laughs> yeah, well, like 
you love the Hitman games, right? Or at least yeah. the newest ones. Have you seen any either of the Hitman movies? No. They're both. No, bad. I have not. Oh, the I newer, the newer of the two is better, but yeah. not good. Someone with Timothy Oliphant or whatever. That was the original. Got it. And then the new one, I don't actually remember the actor's name because I don't. I think he was kind of a smaller actor Jason to try and Statham. keep budget low. Uh, I, honestly, I'm surprised they didn't. After Transporter, I would have just been like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> it's not stoic enough. Yeah, but I do think that there's something about. I get it to a degree. You want to make a movie that's successful. So what their thought process is, is give it to somebody who makes movie, who's, movies who's always who's already been successful. But they don't know what makes... It's hard for a person like that to suss out what gives a video game of any specific one video game its exact charm and stuff that people love about it that then you transfer into a thing. Almost every time, it's like, we got to make it dark and brooding, and we and that's what we got to do, right? That happened so much at first. It's like, we got to make a Tomb Raider game. Well, Tomb Raider is you shooting at dinosaurs originally. It wasn't dark. It was kind of ridiculous. But now we're going to make this very serious Angelina Jolie movie. And actually, I don't think either of those movies suck. They're actually probably the earliest examples of a decent video game movie adaptation. Yeah. Um, Especially then the you triangles. Get, but then you get like the Mortal Kombat movie, which I'm going to be honest, I love because of nostalgia and I watched it as a kid. It's a bad movie. Both oh, of them sucks. are. They're terrible movies. You know what? I just thought I realized who was a better call. Street ba- Fighter movie sucks. Back in the day for Agent 47. Who? Julia McMahon. Or McMahon. How do you say his name? From Nip Tuck. Okay. You shave that man off. Yeah, yeah that, that, dude, that dude looks better than either or Timmy Olyphant or that other guy. Yeah. That other guy was like, his. Uh, no. no. <laughs> Either way, I can't. I can't believe that. Man was I think the Doom. biggest problem is how do you how do you actually get somebody to? And, and it happens across the board, right? So we're doing the same thing that book people are doing to a degree. When people go, these these movies are not adapted right from what I feel like the characters and the story and everything represented in on paper. I only do that when for two reasons, and this goes for book or movies. I mean, for book or video games, and that's if the identity of the source material is lost, yes. or yes. there is important plot elements that are left out for unknown reasons. Yeah, and, and typically there, simplification is yeah, what the reason. Really change is. the characters around in little minor ways. That's fine. I don't care. But the second you lose identity because nothing makes any sense, or you simply just forget things that just that you didn't show that you had to have to, for things to make even more sense, then it's a big issue. But other than that, when you lose identity to me, you just feel unfamiliar. And this Uncharted movie just feels like an action movie. And I just, I'm sorry, okay. but I, I don't care to see it. I do have a point to that, though, which is actually something that video games have to deal with for a lot. Video games for a long time were known for taking movie ideas and being like, what if you could play that? And that was the identity. So part of Uncharted's problem is that its identity is partly wrapped up in the fact that a big identity of Uncharted is playable set pieces. Yeah. With a with a with basically Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. And so retranslating that back to a movie. It's the same with Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider not does that, not need to be a movie. It's not that surprising that the, the, that everything that gives that thing character is kind of gone because that thing's character was kind of 
not stolen, but it was so heavily based on, well, the novelty here is that these characters are well-written and it, and it is good storytelling and everything, but it's all wrapped up in the fact that you're getting to play it out instead of just having to watch it. The time in which that, that, that exceeds expectations is that when you have actors that line up with the character models that have the same or better charisma than the characters, like Nathan Fillion for Nathan Drake, yeah, that was the goal. And we strayed too far. Well, yeah, see, and this goes to show where, where I think Sony's biggest problem is going to come here. It's about the movie industry is so wrapped up in this idea that you've got to have names that sell the movie. So you have to have a Mark Wahlberg because Mark Wahlberg puts what they call <laughs> the proverbial butts in seats. Tom Holland right now is on a big thing because of Spider-Man and the other, other great films. That he's, Sony, been in, right? he's one of Sony's employees technically. But to a degree, right? So he gets, right? Tom Holland puts butts in seats. But the problem is, I don't necessarily know that them as these characters are doing much that compels me to put my butt in the seat. I'm going to do it because I want to see and I have free movie tickets. Uh, So I'm going to go watch it for free and just have a date night with my wife. And worst case scenario, I get to laugh at the movie. I, I in the way that they probably don't want me to. I get a you know free, what I mean. I get a free Fandango movie a month that I could technically redeem for Cinemark. Not doing it for that. Yeah, I have not. nothing else that's like, that's immediate. Like uh, Jackass any, was my one, and I've already watched that. Anything. So either way, I'm gonna go watch it because I want I want it to do well, and I hope it's good. But I think that that's kind of the problem with games, right? You can probably look at any given thing and go either it was a copy of a movie or a show that they were able to make playable and that was the novelty or the novelty was you really can't make a TV or a show about a guy just killing people over and over again. But if you really think about the original Hitman games, the novelty was, dude, you're just a guy who goes around and finds creative ways to kill yeah, people. Yeah, it's creativity. So watching watching that is not like... Then you can say like, okay, Chris talked about Hitman 3. The second mission is like a Knives Out scenario. Mm-hmm. But then you're doing the same thing again, right? The thing is, is that that one section of Hitman 3 is so influenced by another film and another piece of media that if you tried to translate this part of Hitman, it would kind of lose something because at that point, it's just, okay, so you're making a movie about a whodunit that you can't add in the creativity of... Well, I guess that's... What, is that how you would make a Hitman movie? Creative kills? Yeah. So it's just Saul as Hitman? You mean Final Destination? Final Destination. But as an assassin and not like a ghost. See, I think that's the hard part is that you like Hitman and the characters because the characters are there, but then you get strengthened from that because you get to walk around as that character and be like, I want to kill this dude by kicking him off a building. I want to kill this dude by poisoning his coffee. I want to kill this dude by, you know what I mean? How does a movie get that? Knives Out is an incredibly fun movie. Yeah, it's a, and it's, I enjoyed it's it a lot. One of my favorite, like top 10 favorite movies. Of if all you time. told me right now that IO Interactive were pursuing making a movie for Hitman that was based off of Mission 2 of Hitman 3, I would kind of be like, I got Knives 2 for that. But I've seen Knives Out 2. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that I think that there's an uphill battle here. I think the bigger thing that they can do mm. is not try and worry about trying to condense a story to make it fit within a film because games are also long. That's the other problem. Yeah. How do you make a 14-hour game into a, an Especially hour and a half four movie? Of them. Four of them. How are you doing that with Uncharted? Well, that's the problem. Is Uncharted's not focusing on one. They're like, we're going to take from all the Uncharted games and shove it into one movie. Shut up my ass. What do you do with the sequel at that point? If you really wanted it, you could have been like, oh, we'll do the plane scene here and then other cool stuff from three. And then you could have kept going, right? How much how much you want to bet? I bet you one hundred dollars, both of y'all, to this day, the ending scene of Uncharted 2 is gonna be a train ride in a snowy area. I mean of Uncharted movie is gonna be a train ride into a snowy area. 
how much do you want to bet one hundred dollars on the table that that it's gonna something's gonna happen? That's how I'm trying to. I'll give move. you a much more modest bet. I will give you a twenty five dollar bet because here's the thing: I'm just counter betting for the th- the sake of seeing how things go. I know why you're saying that, That's and I don't the, even completely disagree. It's because the train scene is like one of the most influential. I say, influential, but only but, to gamers. What that's about the, that's what? The, that's the callback because they're gonna have a hundred callbacks in this. Well, maybe, but what about for the people that right? The real where's the real money in this? It's not for the people that already played Uncharted. The Johnson it's for up. all the people that don't know what Uncharted is, or know what Uncharted is but haven't played it. That's the real draw. The money that they're trying to make is not the money that they are already making from gamers. Like Chris said, they've already made their sixty dollars, and that's why they're giving people free tickets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, really though, they've already made yeah. their money. The, the the people and the money that they're trying to reach is the money they weren't already getting from people who aren't into games but know Uncharted and are like, I've watched somebody play that and that looks cool, and that they get to hope that someone goes, Oh, Uncharted, that's that game that I that my kid liked. That movie looks fun. That's their hope. Is people who don't really game to jump in and see this movie. Even if they don't know what Uncharted was prior to this, they want you to see the trailer and go, this looks like a fun action romp. Mm-hmm. The ending scene is Dwayne the Rod Johnson showing up. And it's actually it's actually as a translation into Pain Game 2, which is by <laughs> far the best Mark Wahlberg movie there's ever been. Real talk. If we want to talk about butts and seats, and they would, they would never make him blue. They wouldn't have the balls to do it. It would be interesting if they if if The Rock was not so monotone as an actor if they made him the enemy and he would have a good body build for Lazarevich from Uncharted Two. Big no, small dude yeah, on the train. He he doesn't no. have the acting chops to pull it off because you, know, you have to be an evil, Anyways. evil dude. Because Lazar Lazarevich is like comically evil. He he yeah. has no real anything. He's such a bad villain in all honesty. That's why it's so funny that people love Uncharted Two so much. He is the, the final fight was dumb. He is the worst villain of the entire Uncharted thing uh, outside of the first one. But at least the first one was just a human dude who was trying to make money. I can understand that. This is just a comically evil dude who just wants power to. Be powerful. <laughs> All right. Community's take. Favorite live action video game movie, I guess. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious or, to see. Or pitch I, us of your live action yes, video game. I want someone right now to throw and say, my favorite live action video game movie is the 1990s, 80s, whatever it was, Mario movie. What about Double mm. Dragon from like the late 80s or yeah. early 90s? What it, here's the thing. I'm curious. Who? I want y'all to tell me if you've seen a live action game movie that you genuinely excuse me, that you genuinely think is good and not just because of your love of the franchise and the nostalgia behind it. Again, I love Mortal Kombat. I watched that movie, Zero Problems. It's a bad movie. It is a bad movie. It just is. I enjoy it, but it's a bad movie. I haven't watched the newest Mortal Kombat. It could be good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> well, you guys can answer this question in our Discord, which is linked below. And of course, at our Facebook uh, Facebook group that we mentioned earlier today. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com. And you go to Triangle Square to play this podcast. Uh, you can find us on YouTube. And of course, you can find us on Twitter at Triangle SQRD. That's our Twitter handle. And of course, last but not least, you can support us on patreon.com for just a little as a dollar a month. If you like the content we make, you can help support us. It goes into stuff like. Um, any kind of studio equipment, uh, studio equipment <laughs> for 250. We're going to do a live stream of flying Chris down here. Uh, we're so. going to do a live stream of Chris flying here. Not that would that. actually be fantastic. A live stream. I'll slap a GoPro video. on you. <laughs> but you guys get the picture. Uh, and of course, at the end of the episode, we like to read out y'all's names live as a form of credits. So thank you all for that. Thank Chris. Thank you, Brett, for being here with me today. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you guys next week for 290, 249.
dislikes a moment there. That's okay. Hey, thank you guys. Definitely all you patrons. Yes. And become a patron today, just like all our friends, people. the Lord Corgi. Salvador Garcia, Ham and Egger, Bailey Robertson, Rob Warpoint, Mark Schutz, Cypher Primus, Kyle Grimm, Richard Schaefer, Rude Days 93, Joshua Lago, Kevin Bacon Bits, Luke Rabbit, Danny Villiobos, Solitary Red, Jehudi MD, Sean, Josh Ayers, Derek Porter, Constantly Kenny, Matthew Green, Sean Santarude, Stephen Salazar, Shadowist, and my name is Dan. Thank you all. Oh boy. <laughs>